Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Today's Sunday session is brought to you thanks to the fine folks at More Beer. Visit them right now at morebeer.com. I want people to believe in me, and I want people to believe in me when they taste my beer. That's what it's about. You mean you laid underneath it and tried to put his tongue up the bung? (laughs) I like to actually scoop up the yeast Uh and look at it. 7 o'clock came real early that next morning. Yeah, man. Thanks for dumbing that down for us. You did an awesome job. It's all about food and beer. Punch me in the junk. Man, that thing was thick. The point is just beat it like it's your dick. I like to smell it afterwards. (laughs) Are you being sarcastic right now? No. Bring your body armor. I ran into my jungle once on a ball valve in a kettle. That's a true happy now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Justin Crosley. I'll be your host today. And for a little while, I think. Nice. Back off the road. Right. Somebody lock that door before Beardy comes back in. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm here. Oh, shit. It's better? too late. Guess I'll turn his mic on after uh, all. Turn mine on, too. Hey. hey. You're good. Hey I'm good. you got to push the button, Warren, on the microphone. Everyone will figure it out eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Who's producing the show? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was you. Oh, I am? Yeah. Oh, I got a yeah. yeah. Congratulations. Thanks for telling me. You're welcome. You're fired. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for coming back. <laughs> You're fired. It was a short run, but I feel like it went well. Yeah. Well, that's all right, man. Other than the headphone problem. But, you, know. <laughs> you don't need to hear what you're already saying. That's true. It's pretty much what happens. Right. You know so, what I mean? And we have an in-studio <laughs> guest, right? Uh, yeah, his name is Tasty. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Maybe I'm only here. Tasty I'm is a rare it? appearance. <laughs> rare appearance. Seems like a random uh, microphone issue when I come back here. We had this last time, didn't we? There's, uh, yeah, it, it feels it like there's always something whenever I, I... I have the same problem. I think I cry about it every time. There's always something that's you adjusted do. differently. Yeah, there's always something. Didn't Shimke have to talk into it weirdly to get it to work? I think it's just not the voice. one you're on, though. Now it's yours. Oh. Around, eh? I think it's just how Kim uh, talks. Still? Talk again real quick. Again real quick. Yeah. Can you hear, I feel like show. I can hear it. Warren, how is your uh, motorcycle doing? Um, well, 
It there still didn't run. One of the jets on the carburetor is clogged, so no, I have okay. to take that apart. You got a new motorcycle? Or you're no, to fix your old my, one? my scooter that was sitting all summer. I thought I you were thought, selling that thing. Well, uh, <laughs> I haven't gotten the go-ahead to get an actual motorcycle. So uh, I figure why not get rid of that until I get approval. That's a good point. So you're holding it against her head, over her head. Right. Or against her head. The back tire <laughs> against you're her head. holding the scooter <laughs> against yeah. her head. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Her head is It'll right against the... look on, her, on his face and the knife in his hand. That'll give you right. attention. Yeah. yeah, the exhaust <laughs> pipe gets real hot and it burns sometimes. <laughs> yeah, happens every time. Well, I'm back off the road. Uh, yeah. Did a little uh, Great American Beer Festival. It's always a good time. Which was a very good time. And then uh, a road trip back. I had to get the... Uh, uh, the bunker back oh, to California right. before the rains hit in, oh. in Colorado, which didn't exactly work. I, I got out of Colorado before the rains hit and then got caught in torrential uh, downpour by Utah and uh, basically slept in a lake, slept in a puddle. I wow. I thought the RV was watertight. <clears throat> no, 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 no. That's, it's the opposite of watertight. <laughs> it's actually uh, a sponge. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's good you don't have a Tempur-Pedic bed. Uh, that would just... Oh, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't need one. It's a water bed. And I'm, all, I'm not exaggerating this time either. I was uh, I was parked outside my brother's house at the time, uh, but I was sleeping in the RV and you know downpour a couple hours. Go into my to the bedroom in the RV, and the, the mattress is just soaked. Like oh. the whole... Just completely soaked. Uh, but other than that, the RV did fine left little pieces of herself in various places um, <laughs> yeah I, I got to utah and realized i i lost a a, a fair chunk of the tailpipe <laughs> just at some point it, it, uh, it sounds real good now uh, nice yeah <laughs> I mean, but man, the thing just runs, just runs and runs, right. Run, runs away from itself, apparently. Um, Until the engine falls out. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, made it back safe and sound, had a good trip. My dad joined me. Uh, he, he flew out to uh, Colorado and did the road trip back. And uh, I've discovered that um, during this trip and talking to my dad, that I have shown him more things in his life than, than he is, <laughs> that he's shown me. You have done better. He uh, Not necessarily. Uh, yeah. Well, he had never done a road trip like that before. There you go. Um, I thought he would hate the RV because, you know, it is kind of a, it's kind of a piece. You know? Yeah, and he gets to wet uh, bed. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> yeah. he loved it. Really? He's like, oh, this thing's oh, great. Himself, and, uh, huh? I thought for sure he'd be a little snobby about it. Like, oh, is it going to make it? You know, and just that it's, you know, it's a little dirty looking and everything. It's been um, through the ringer. Yeah. He loved Loved it. Uh, had a great sure road not, trip. I sure it's not something dads just say to their sons, right? No, just be like yeah, you're you're doing good. <laughs> I, maybe that does happen with dads and sons. Uh, <laughs> it does not happen in this case. Oh, okay. Uh, so no, uh, I showed him his first uh, his first national park. Okay. Wow. Oh, never, no. He's too busy, never, he's too busy injecting uh, boner so, juice into his dick to like, yeah. get out. Oh, he's my a, God. He's a city slicker. <laughs> he spends all his time on uh, adult friend finders. So, so uh, this is a tree. Yeah. I've heard about these. And he reminded me that I took him gambling in Vegas for his first time. Huh? When I was 17, <laughs> I had forgot about this, but uh, he had flown out um, for my graduation party or so. I don't know what. And we went to Vegas and I remember I was like, well, let's go gambling. And I, I took him gambling when I was 17. So, uh, yeah, guys hasn't lived as much life. 
uh, or wouldn't have lived as much life without me, I guess. That's pretty, well, there you go, man. You're a, you're a blessing in disguise. <laughs> He's a boner man. Yeah. Um, How's he doing with the, uh, with the ladies? He's doing fine. Um, Did he get married or something? I forget. It's been a while since we've had a dad update. Um, he like did, and then it might have gotten annulled real quick after. <laughs> I forget. Was I, this the Brazilian? No, oh, he ne- that card. one. Um, that one was real crazy. And <laughs> luckily, he re- he uh, noticed that before it got to wedding day with that one. There was another one he had married, but I think you've gotten an update since then. He's had a few move-ins and... Uh, move yeah, out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, God bless. Man. And uh, now, now he's got another one. I think he's now uh, dating his age, though, he said. Uh, uh, which could be a, could be so a, a change for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We all come yeah. to terms with it. Within <laughs> his age, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, maybe he's not functioning everywhere anymore. I didn't ask, and so maybe that's why he's like, "Oh, fuck it, I might as well date my age." Mm. Right? I don't really know. That way, the expectations are out there. Yeah, right? it's not like, "Oh, we have to have a conversation." They probably just assume that it's not going to happen all the time. And, right. right? And yeah. we're fine with it because reruns of Matlock are on. It makes it easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Followed by Mash. <laughs> yeah. uh, I should have dated both an older of which man. I love. Yeah, <laughs> see, it's my jam. Uh, so we had a nice trip. And um, see you next fall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, we got back to California and jumped on a flight back home. So uh, made it safe and sound. Uh, today's show is brought to you by the good folks at More Beer, and they've teamed up with the great John Palmer to make 27 beer kits, all based on recipes found in brewing classic styles, written by John Palmer and Jamil Zanishev. The kits are true to style, and all are within the BJCP guidelines, enabling them to be easily entered into that upcoming competition. By two kits and get fast and free shipping from more beer and thank them while you're over there for supporting this program like they've always done all right on today's show we've got adroit theory brewing company mark R- mark osborne is joining us and uh, they do a lot of crazy beers i was reading through a small brewery they are and uh, in their time open, which I think is relatively short, have brewed something like over 600 different beer styles. Whoa. Which is a lot of different beers. I didn't uh, think maybe that, not beer styles. Uh, right. Different beers, different I should beers. say. Yeah, yeah. okay, that's uh, cool. Uh, so we're going to try at least four of them today. We'll be talking to Adroit Theory and learning about the different things that they do. They like to put different adjuncts in beer. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I know one that we've got tonight is a porter that has, uh, I think, like Oreo cookies in it or something. Okay. Hmm. Um, and we've got an Imperial Stout, and we've got uh, a pale. we got we got, a, we got some good stuff. It's like a home brewer's brewery. It seems like it. Yeah. And we'll find out. But it definitely seems like that from the notes that I have and the different beers that they're doing. Okay. Awesome. Um, so we'll get to try that sounds good you 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 said pale ale and uh i'm probably lying instantly i was there yeah i'm probably lying about a pale ale it's a pale ale but with a bunch of hops and more alcohol yeah Yeah. it's it's more bitter it's hazy and it resembles an ipa (laughs) it's a quadruple pale ale actually i'm drinking the uh and i i'm i'm gonna guess that tasty's doing the same beer um the founders Uh, pale lager no i'm having the maui waui uh, oh same color same srm over here uh i'm enjoying the pale lager it's a nice beer Awesome. It's actually, it doesn't say pale. I think it even says pale ale lager. It's a weird well, name. Well, okay. what? Don't quote me on that. Like I'm probably wrong about more. that, too. Um, all right. But we do have a good show for you today, and it should be a good time. Anything exciting happened while I was gone? There was only, what, one show or something? I wasn't gone that long. Right, because we had some off um, weeks. Yeah, yeah, we had two off weeks in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So just one That's nice. Anything exciting around here? 
No, the uh, Rare Bear 5th anniversary was uh, last weekend, this past weekend. Did you go? I tried. Oh, um, but, uh, but you did we, No, because we just kind of got off uh, on the wrong foot of the day, you know, mm. with nap schedules for the kid. Oh, yeah. And then mm. we're, like, running errands, picking up wine in Berkeley, as parents do these days. And then we look on the tickets, and it's like, basically, get the doors are closing at 6. Like, we're not going to let any more people in at 6 o'clock. Mm. And we get into Berkeley at, like, 549. And I'm like, right. there's, there's no... No way we're going to make it. You know, we know There's those no guys, right? You could have gone in for the after party. You could have. Uh, yeah, I thought about it. I was like, I don't know. I, I always feel weird about about it, especially with Alex, uh, because Alex is kind of so aloof sometimes. I don't know if I'm putting him out and he's being real nice, <laughs> or he just doesn't really care and what he's saying is true. I think everything you're, Alex uh, says is true. He's one yeah. of the nicest guys you're ever. putting did. too much attention on what other people think. I know! In there and <laughs> if they go it. like, who the hell does he think he is getting in here for the after party? I already know that guy. That's her problem, not yours. Right. It's true. Right. They'll call the police. You'll get the message. <laughs> right. It's a good point. Uh, yeah, so there was an event that I didn't make it to, but I did mm. try, and I feel like that is really the point. You're getting somewhere. It's on your agenda. Yeah. yeah. I got there for an hour, actually. Oh, nice. And I had to go do some work. Yeah. Um, but I went there for a little bit, tried some good beer. They had so. a dunk tank. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and there were a bunch of guys. Uh, Moscow and Jay did it. Nice. Now, Moscow was funny because uh, he did it, and he, and he, you know, this is like joke half joke with with Moscow in a in a really good way. In this case, he wore his uh, "Make America Great Again" hat. <laughs> yeah. Of course, he has. Yeah, the full on red hat. That's what everybody said was like, yeah. whether it's a joke or not. But he has. But one. he paid actual human <laughs> dollars for it. But he know he knew his audience well and mm-hmm. wore it because you're supposed to taunt people when in you're in the dunk tank. Berkeley. And he wore Berkeley. that in Berkeley. It yeah. was great. People thought it was funny, and then of course. Bought more tickets for the charity to to yeah. dunk the yeah. kid. That's good. In his Make America Great hat. That, I yeah. thought that was pretty. I haven't hilarious. seen him since, though. Oddly enough, <laughs> yeah. not sure what happened to him yeah. after Saturday. We had full boxes of beer that were unopened. We have no idea <laughs> right. if he made it back. Yes, we must not be doing well. <laughs> yeah. I was the only uh, BN member that I saw thro- throwing balls at Moscow that, uh-huh. that missed. I missed. You did? Yeah. Oh, bummer. I, I even but, sunk him. But yeah, even uh. Blindy over there sunk him. Uh, I could have used you the target. And he had- <laughs> right. oh. yeah. Well, he's a real athlete. I did hit yeah. Moscow in the head and knock him out, <laughs> and he fell in. But he fell in. Hit. Yeah, he fell in. Good Which, strategy. Yeah. He wasn't told how to get him in the tank. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, so the Rare Barrel Party, ha- happy anniversary to them. Five yeah. years for those guys. That was a good time. All right. Nothing else? Uh, baby's okay? Uh, baby's, baby Alice is alive and well? Baby's great, man. Yeah, we're... Uh, you, you haven't know. done anything too stupid to hurt her or, uh, no, or she, ruin her? No. Yes. She's uh, she's learning how to sit up now on her own. Okay. Like she stopped learning how to crawl because she, she's just, I don't know, sitting up as a transition. So she's doing that. So she's falling down on her face a lot. Right. And the other day I'm sitting on the couch working and she's on her, like, you know, we got those like little rubber mats, like a little play area for her. And then there's the hard ground next to it. <laughs> I saw her and I was like... Like she's a little close to the ground, so if she does fall forward, it's going to hurt. But I think she's fine, and this is how I don't know. So I'm I don't know what to do. I'm just gonna I'm not gonna like baby the baby, right? I don't yeah. want I don't want a helicopter parent, right? Good call. So I'm sitting there typing. It's me typing, yeah. and uh, then I just hear this. 
Mm. It, it's like, like this sickening, like literally like meat dropping on the floor. And oh, yeah. As it, it was. And what? she just went, <gasps> she just, her forehead just hit the hard ground. I was like, oh, God, I'm the, oh, I'm the worst parent in the entire uh, That's but, uh, fine, though, right? Nah, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's I assume. That's the sound of learning. I know? Mild brain damage. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> well, I'm sure I was dropped on my head as a kid. You can tell. Right. It's pretty obvious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone's allowed three concussions, I think, in their life. That's I true. thought it was yeah. per year. Oh, per year. <laughs> oh, maybe. Yeah. My, I, mean, she, I, my dad I forgot. I used to know. She didn't go out. Print. It's fine. Uh, so then now on, uh, whenever she's out of her like walker, she's upstairs on the carpet. Mm. <laughs> so okay. I work upstairs a lot. But yeah, she's good, man. Took but her six-month pictures. You feel like upstairs, up, up a flight of stairs is safer than... <laughs> well, there's a gate. I had to buy a, a, okay. a, a gate and like... Did you, you know, put the gate the at the loft. top of the stairs or the bottom? <laughs> at the bottom to catch her, right? That's yeah. Right. yeah. That's how the, yeah. You know it didn't come with instructions. Yeah. No. You don't want to dent the sheetrock at the bottom of the stairs. <laughs> you just have to guess. Is, that a, is this a catcher or a stopper? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like one of those, a soccer goalie, like a fascist goalie. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. She's good, man. All Thank right, you like it's working out. She's doing all right. Missing a few good beer events and stuff, but that's, <laughs> yeah. that's all part that's, of yeah. the yeah. yeah. She didn't get the. She's never going to forgive you for missing the fifth anniversary <laughs> yeah. party. Yeah. Well, there was another beer event on Saturday. The Heretic had their uh, uh, AHA rally. Oh, right. that's right. Yeah. Oh, geez, I had no idea. They do every year. It's yeah, that's great. been going on it's for great this time. They. Uh, it's pretty cool. You get, get, come as a home brewer. You bring your empty fermenter. They put five gallons of worts in there. And, that is pretty uh, cool. Yeah. It was kind of a, a Schwartz beer style yeah, mash darker, bill uh, this year. A dark lager kind of beer. Or you can make it a black IPA if you want. Yeah. I like that. Uh, yeah. You can do whatever you want with it. They gave you the yeast and the uh, and the wort and uh, Off four go. free beers and Patch you on the free head. raffle. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what they're doing in the back there, but uh, well, so everybody wait, leaves happy. I assume the wort is hopped. Just as much you would do on the hot side, like a normal beer. I may not be dry. And now they and they give you the yeast on top of that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. White Labs, I think, donates that. Oh, oh, oh. I, I see. I mean, yeah. yeah. Okay. And you could choose ale or lager. Yeah. Okay. So you still have a little work left to do. You still have. <laughs> you have to open yeah, it. Yeah, but pour. Imagine brew days just like picking up the work. <laughs> yeah, well, I was like, forget the, the, bringing it home. Forget the pico brew. That sounds really easy. <laughs> it's just once a year, though. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, never going to hit your. Yeah, uh, well, can I show up with twelve carboys? Did they? Did just your milk? <laughs> bring care? a friend. Yeah, bring a bunch. <laughs> yeah, each each person gets one. So, okay, no, yeah. I don't you can work it. I mean, why not just wait until the beers the beers finish? At that point, <laughs> just come with a full yeah. keg. Here, I want right, to just yeah. fill me up. Fill my keg up. I'll be back in three weeks. Like real beer. I agree with you. If you're, I mean, I would do it anyway, just for fun yeah but here's a here is a good thing about it, though if since it's an aha rally yeah. if you were to bring a friend who's thinking about getting into brewing mm-hmm. and you just go here i'm gonna loan you my carboy yeah we're gonna make it as easy as possible you show up at this aha rally you sign up for your membership mm-hmm. we're gonna they're they're gonna fill it with wort and give you yeast so really all you have to do is go home and and do that one step Maybe right Try to temp control it the yeah. best you can. Pretty well. But I bet you're going to end up with like some really decent <laughs> beer on your first homebrew batch as a brand new homebrewer. Yeah. That's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. yeah. That set that bar extraordinarily high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it does get they you don't hooked. Know that. It's just like golf. You know, you get that one yeah, shot, and then true. you're like, i got to do I'm this good. 12 more times <laughs> before I realize I'm not good. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, All right. Oh, here you go. We spent a lot of money on equipment. Great time. <laughs> Shank balls. Well, while we're talking about the AHA, um, it is almost Learn to Homebrew Day, actually. Ooh. Uh, yeah, that's coming up really quick. Um, in fact, 
Let's see. It's coming up November 3rd. Um, So this little discussion on the AHA is brought to you by the AHA. Uh, (laughs) The American Homebrewers Association, uh, they're the organizers of Learn to Homebrew Day, which is a day dedicated to sharing the joys of homebrew with friends and family. This November 3rd, uh, they invite you to attend a Learn to Homebrew Day event near you. Or if you're a club or or, uh, you don't even have to be a club, you could host your own celebration. Visit the AHA website at homebrewers.com. Association.org to view a map um, and learn about different homebrew day events, as well as resources for promoting your own Learn to Homebrew Day gathering. So go to homebrewersassociation.org and click on Learn to Homebrew Day, and I'll bet you'll find something cool either near you or you can create one yourself. All right, let me get through a few other announcements, too. Uh, announcements today are brought to you today by Drake's Brewing Company, um, one of my absolute favorites. And, you know, they do First Fridays this time of year. Um, and you can bring your friends and family to Drake's Barrel House on November 2nd, starting at 4 p.m. That's their next First Friday uh, to celebrate Garfield Elementary School and Alameda County Community Food Bank. That's what they're fundraising for. They're hosting a block party of epic proportions to support their mission to build Build caring, responsible citizens and to work together to create a positive place uh, full of hope and opportunity for every child. Proceeds from beer sales and all donations at the door go to Garfield Elementary and the ACCFB. So go check them out at Drake's Barrel House on November 2nd. All right. So for announcements, we've got some new shows out there. If you haven't listened, if you're a Spanish speaker or have friends that are, we have a brand new Spanish-speaking beer podcast called Entre Cervezas. Think of Brew Strong, but for the uh, Latin American community. For the Latin uh, lover in you. Yeah. If you're a pro brewer and you're looking for some marketing tips, we've got Shine Runner Craft Marketing. So lots of new shows happening here. Also, we have an all-new Hops all Hops show in development that we're going to have our first recordings in November. I'll give you more details on that, but it is, I'm really excited about it. It is going to be a show focused on, uh, and I'm not just talking, it's not just going to be, you know, oh, what hops here in your beer? And um, we're actually talking about from from inception, from the, you know, from the some of the scientists, from the farmers, and, and how hops are developed, to how they're grown, to how they're used, to the chemistry. It's really going to be a very in-depth look every episode on everybody's favorite ingredient, hops. Sounds good. So stay tuned in November for that. Uh, our very first Concord Oktoberfest put on by the Brewing Network is happening this weekend, as a matter of fact, Friday the 12th and Saturday the 13th, right here outside the Hop Grenade in Toto Santos Plaza. Um, tickets are on sale now. You can go to ConcordOctoberfest.com. Just 25 bucks gets you a liter of beer. Uh, it's going to get you a commemorative stein, which is a half-liter stein, and two pours, and then you can buy additional pours after that. we got a beer garden got a traditional German orchestra that's playing. Um, we got a cover band playing for a little bit on Saturday. There's a kids' area. It's an all-ages event. Uh, there's not even a tiny beer garden. There's a beer tent, but the city has allowed me to take over the entire plaza. You can just walk around freely like a normal adult with a beer in your hand. Wow. You can pretend you're in Las Vegas, like where that kind of shit's allowed. Hell yeah. yeah. So um, you don't even have to be crammed into the beer tent, although there'll be a lot of action and fun in there. Um, but you can walk around with your family, with your kids, uh, with a nice cold beer in your hand. It's supposed to be 80 degrees outside. We have rides. It's like a petting zoo. Um, I'm going to do strongman contest, costume contest. If you want to dress up, I'm going to be wearing my lederhosen. 
can be exciting. Bevo refuses to dress up. Mm. Uh, no, I, we talked about this. I'm going to buy a Durndal t-shirt. Frumpy oh. McFrumperson over here. <laughs> Absolutely. Like a tuxedo yeah. t-shirt. Oh, I'm going yeah. to have my hair in curlers, and I'm going to have my nightgown on. I just bought a five-pack of mom pants, so I'm just going to put... Uh, I'm I did wear... just buy a two-pack of leggings. <laughs> With free mom underwear. Yeah. So I'll have my Oktoberfest t-shirt on, my Durndal shirt. And my I'm German flags. Amazing Crocs. boobs that day. Because <laughs> they're painted on the shirt. Exactly. Don't get too excited, yeah, Tasty. No, exactly. Uh, all right. So go to ConcordOctoberfest.com and come join us. It's our very first year doing this Oktoberfest, and I'm excited about it. It should be a good time. It's this Friday and Saturday. Friday, it's from 6 to 9, and Saturday, it's from noon to 6. Uh, hey, do your Amazon shopping through us, if you would. Just click the Amazon link on our homepage. You can bookmark it. And then if you do all your Amazon shopping, um, you don't pay any more, and it's a great way to support the Brewing Network. So just click on the link on our homepage uh, every time you go to Amazon. And thank you for those of you who do that. With the holiday season coming up, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of shopping going on. Oh, yeah. And it's just an easy way to help support your favorite beer network, or this one, too. Uh, that would be good. Nobody caught that. So subscribe and join the BN Army. You can click on the donate button. For as little as $2 a month, you're entered into the More Beer Monthly Donation Giveaway. They give away 100 bucks to one of our lucky BN Army members every month. The more more you donate, the more you're entered to win, and we do that uh, every month. So that's a great way to support us, too. Um, okay. You can get updates and other information over on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Send your feedback to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. Send show ideas over to Bevo at thebrewingnetwork.com. That's Bevo with two E's. And um, she's always working to to get things booked and put shows on here. So That's true. Don't send her shit ideas either. Nope. I have an idea for you to have a show just about ideas. Yeah. Thank you. I've sent this in four times and no one's written back. No, I don't they, know they've, why. they've come in. We're booked through now through January, I think. There we go. There's this great new brewery down the block. It's a homeless guy, but he has a party pig and he brews every day. You should interview them. It's called Fermunda Brewing. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Hmm. Twitter game? Sure. Why not? Twitter game is brought to you today by Neshaminy Creek Brewing, and they've been on the Philly beer scene since 2012. They've won a whole bunch of awards, including uh, Brewery of the Year. Uh, they've won for their Vienna-style lager. They've won for smoked lager and several others. And now they've got a, a large, expanded, and renovated tap room with 24 beers on tap, 18 of which are all rotating and seasonal limited beers. Variety of beer styles from hoppy double IPAs to sessionable and poundable lagers to oak fermented saisons and sour beers a little bit of everything free brewery tours on saturdays go check them out at neshaminycreekbrewing.com or visit them when you're in philly all right what's our twitter game uh well you know there's a lot of talk about beer styles and some people like certain beer styles and some people have more discerning palates <laughs> oh people uh, are talking about that and who don't like yeah it's a new thing i'm learning oh. about it um so i want to be let's be positive today Mm. Beer styles, and I want people mm. on Twitter. Don't snicker, please. I'm, I'm positive very, there are sucky styles out there. This very serious content about to happen. Serious content alert. Okay. Um, I want people to give me one positive thing about a beer style that you hate. Okay, positive thing about a beer style you hate. Right. So it's like, like for Family me, Feud right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Survey says. <laughs> Show me. Produces a lot of jobs in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Number one answer, 
still gets you drunk. <laughs> Show me generates revenue for the BA. <laughs> no, nobody picked that. Uh, all right, good game, JP. Oh, thanks. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> we will see. Hey, Justin's being positive. A, yeah. yeah. We're trying it all on. About something he... Something I... <laughs> oh, oh, shit. <laughs> One thing I like about the Twitter game. <laughs> that idea. <laughs> Put me on a shelf at the grocery store because I just got roasted. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's do some feedback. Feedback's brought to you today by the Beer Law Center. Go to beerlawcenter.com and check it out. They can take care of your trademark like they do mine or do your TTB filing or anything in between. They're your legal spot for all things beer laws. Ishy. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Mm-hmm. All right. Greg writes in, hey, guys, it's a little past due, but I had to let you know how much I appreciate the Brewing Network and all the information content you provided over the years. Found you guys after researching everything I could to prepare for my first first batch back in 2016, and I've been hooked ever since, going back through all the years to pull any and all info I can from your shows. I contribute a large part of what I've learned from you all, and this year at NHC, I ended up walking away with two golds for American Lager and International Pale Lager, which also allowed me to win the Ninkasi Award, he says. There you go. Well, congrats for not being wheelchair bound. That's pretty good. (laughs) He says, I'm still blown away and humbled, um, but since I don't belong to a homebrew club, my only... Regret is that I didn't list the BN as my club. No, I take all the claps back. Yeah, that's how cool would that have been if uh, the Nankasi guy was up there with the BN club on there? What would that have done to our club ranking? Right. Good question. I don't know. I think we were pretty far out of it because we've now discouraged that sort of Good. behavior, but... It would have been great if, just, if one guy then made us win the thing. That would have been fantastic. Um, anyway, um, he does say thanks again. I appreciate all you guys do and look forward to stopping in for a live taping of the session sometime soon. I'd love to have you. Yeah. yeah anytime. Yeah. Anybody can come on into the Hop Grenade on Mondays where we do this whole thing. Bring some lager. What was his name again? Uh, young? Was his last name Young or something? What was his name? Well, I don't want to give away everything. Yeah, oh. Greg Young. Greg Young. Yeah, there you go. <clears throat> now he's going to get stalked. What was his social number? Yeah, I think it's uh, 409. Uh, all right, Ben writes in. Uh, he wants an alumni update. He says, through the years, there have been so many personalities on the, he's in capitals, he says, the Sunday session. Oh, whoa. Uh, how about a reach out or a round to get in touch and update? Obituaries included. Hmm. <laughs> Now, he, he asked for this to be like a long segment on some other show, but I can do this right now. Really. <laughs> yeah, I read that. I'm like, this is going to take five minutes. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Daniela, uh, she was on the show not too long ago. Uh, I see her a couple times a year still. She is married with uh, a wonderful child and living in Munich, uh, her the, the fatherland, basically. Mm-hmm. Doing, mm-hmm. doing great and uh, happy as can be. Uh, he says, this one says, Sam, alive, hopefully. Um, I actually haven't seen Sam in a little while. Okay, as Bebo says, he's alive. Uh, he is now a small business owner. He took over the family business and um, is still married and has one child. And we are hella busy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Other than that, he's still basically Sammy the douche. Oh, my God. He's literally no different, except now he sleeps less and possibly drinks more. He's a self-employed douche. It's true. Um, Bub, otherwise known as Boob, if uh, you're a Daniela fan, you'd know that. I saw Bub at the Craft Brewers Conference back in April. Hadn't seen Uh him in years. Seems to be doing fine living in Tennessee. 
And as far as I could tell, same old bub. We just don't hear from him very much on the show. Uh, but still ugly, still a little overweight, still awesome. <laughs> Doc. <laughs> Doc is, as far as I know, doing fine. Um, I don't talk to him extremely frequently right now because we're both busy. Uh, he is on hiatus from the show, but I'm sure he'll be back someday. Um, oh, damn fruit fly. In my <laughs> you got two of them in there, homie. I think I Doc do? sent that. Yeah, you. you got two of them. <laughs> can ruin my beer. <laughs> wonder if anyone here will buy me a beer. Okay, uh, Scott with the soundboard, so otherwise known as Moscow. Uh-huh. Uh, Moscow no longer produces the show, uh, partly due in part to that fucking soundboard. Uh, he is now the co-host and producer of the Sour Hour right here on the Brewing Network. Shat, the producer. Uh, Shat has moved on to Texas with his wife, the breadwinner in the family. He has one child, right? Yes. yes. Not not another one? No, just one. Just one. Okay. Um, he also works at a brewery that just, uh, what's it called? Uh, Bankhead Brewing. Bankhead Brewing Company that just won their very first Great American Beer Festival medal. Oh, oh there we go. Uh, a round of applause. Um, I've been trying to book him on the show. Oh, yeah. He's blowing me off. So maybe maybe Bev can maybe work I should over, try. Yeah. Well, and with them, I won't accept a phoner. They got to come here. <laughs> right so on. I'm not doing some I bullshit know. phone interview with Shad. They got to bring us out there. That's what. Happens. Or go there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Shad is is doing very well. He seemed very happy when I saw him. He also now uh, frequently wears a Stetson hat. I'm. Not, oh, I have actually. Oh my god! I saw he walked out into the booth dressed like that, and did, I just looked at him and I was like, Oh my god! What happened to you? Did he tip the hat and say good day? <laughs> I wish. I think he was just too shocked by how rude I was. I think the only photo I took... Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Let me put it on the camera for the viewers here. Do you got my camera working? Yeah, you're on. This is the only photo I took at the Great American Beer Festival, and it was because it was shat, and it was too good to be true. Get a little closer. Get a little closer. Does he have spurs also? Is he just, like, planking around? So this is the new shat. Um, (laughs) Take a look at that, will ya? I mean, Holy he's wearing, uh, if you're listening via podcast, shit. if you go to our live stream page, actually, I think it's streaming on Facebook, too. You might get to see the photo we're showing. But, he, like, that's not just cowboy garb. It's, like, expensive stuff. He went to. Oh, yeah. uh, well, and his, like, shoes are, like, like ranch yeah. boots. They're not cowboy boots, but they're, like. Yeah, he, they're got, he got the dark, uh, thick denim. He got the ranch boots. He's got a full-on, like, Stetson hat. Which um, I, I will say, he's not a tan. He's not a fall. It should be like should be like a, a black. Oh yeah, jet black. Yeah, <laughs> or a darker brown. I don't know. I don't know if he could pull off the black. He's not that tough, you know. <laughs> um, that's a weird. That's a strange look for the kid who smoked joints and listened to fucking you know reggae on our way to the, Mo- the Monterey fucking uh, beer festival <laughs> yeah, like yeah. eight years. It's ago. a long way from Connecticut. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. I was talking to Randy the Mexican about Shad, and he made a, an astute observation, which surprised me. What? Can they still be friends? <laughs> they are still friends. Oh, okay. And it, it surprised me because he was he was spot on. And that is, uh, Chad's a chameleon. Oh. He he, he mm. just, I'm not saying he's like a, a patsy or a follower. No, he I'm adapts. He just kind of, wherever he's with, he just kind of adapts. So, mm. like, uh, he, he was like a reggae uh, sales guy, by the way, when he moved in with me. And next thing sure. you know, he's a brewer. You know, he gets, gets in with all the brewers. Then he goes to Texas. He's a Texan. He's just kind of, he just does that. So I'm not entirely surprised is what I'm saying. 
right. Okay. Uh, he's listing the next one as Mustafa, but I'm pretty sure he means Mufasa. Uh, <laughs> just saw Mufasa at the Great American Beer Festival. We talked about him coming back on the show soon. Same old guy doing his thing. I don't believe he works for BJ's anymore, but he's doing some other beer stuff. Push Eject. Our long-lost friend, Push yes. Eject. Push Eject left the company a little over... Oh, is it that long ago now? Maybe two it years. Was like, telling me three years. It was no. like right maybe. after Baltimore NHC, so maybe two years. That's a couple of years. I think yeah. two years. At least two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the BN the is not a cash cow. Uh, Push Eject is a talented man. And um, I do believe that through the BN, he, he got some other video and audio gigs, and he just had to move mm-hmm. on. It was coming up with time to start making sure he was putting away for his kids' tuition. And um, because everybody who listens doesn't donate... God, you fuckers. Uh, <laughs> he could no longer afford to work for the BN. So, But he's alive and well and happy, as Push always was, and yeah. uh, just doing other things. Yeah. Um, we owe him a lot for getting it started, too. He was great. When, oh, boy, did he when help there wasn't this any company. money, and he worked for no money. That That's right. Perfect. He helped this company like you couldn't believe. Yeah. I don't know who these next people are. The principal and his ex-wife? That's Andy and Kim That's Wood. That's Andy and Kim? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Andy and Kim Wood, they're doing great. Uh, They haven't changed one bit, just that they don't call in anymore. Um, And that's probably a good thing for their marriage. Because he's the principal. He's like the superintendent of instruction or something. I don't understand the the ex-wife part. It was in parentheses, I think. Oh, it was. Oh, he's in parentheses. Like, is it his ex-wife? Well, like, for example, Andy posted on Facebook a recording of him messing with a uh, telemarketer in a New Zealand accent. Oh, so good. (laughs) But being real positive at the same time time about it and it was like you know it was You're just doing right so they're doing yeah. the same things they're they doing always the same did. shit and you know what was what not on air struck me as super clever about the whole thing like you know whatever you're just messing with a, a telemarker but yeah uh at one point you know the guy goes where are you from he goes new zealand but i've been here for a while uh and the guy says oh you sounded you sounded like that or something like that and he goes uh oh good because i thought i was starting to lose my accent <laughs> right which is a f- on the fly covering for the fact that he has a terrible accent <laughs> right. yeah. and yeah. it's like that that that's the, the, the moment to unpack in that. That's that's the brilliance of Andy Wood. Andy Wood's hilarious. Uh, and so is Kim. So they're doing fine. I'm sure you'll hear from them. Or if you show up at any BN events, they often uh, come to those as well. So um, check it out. And then what happened to Drunk of the Week? We eliminated Drunk of the Week <laughs> basically after years of um, abuse. Yeah, just too many dud phone calls in the end is what it was. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It, became, it was. It, it became. Sorry, it became painful. I was just. Yeah, I was gonna say it became that that night when you're out with your friends, but you're the sober one and you're trying to corral them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we had, I think, Which less I crazy home. listeners calling to make it exciting for us, too. Yeah, if you're not urinating on your spouse, I don't want to hear from you. Exactly. Like, that's, that's where the bar is. The bar had gotten set, and then it was just a bunch of, like, well, I'm drunk. I, I well, chugged four Imperial Stouts. I'll do a fifth one. Oh, don't threaten me with a good time, dude. That sounds great. <laughs> right. Whatever happened to Sarah 36C? Uh, good question. Good question. Wow. That's what happens when you get rid of Haven't seen the those. I mean, her in a while. <laughs> So, I don't know. Well, she's not married anymore. Oh, is that the update on that one? <laughs> oh, Tasty Notes. I hope that wasn't our fault. No, 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 no. <laughs> it was fully her fault. <laughs> she found that she was going complete opposite direction on uh, right. gender side. Oh, oh that a girl. Yeah. Okay. Well, I wish that happened on the air. Door swing bully. <laughs> Why can't we get more of that? <laughs> happened on the air. Just the, what did you think? It just hits her like a <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I 
then had she a just, vision. She can't resist Bevo and she's just chasing her around the room. I forgot about her. There's a lot of people that I forgot about. There have been. <laughs> it's just sad, I guess. You know you're married, right? Who? who is? <laughs> Talking about you, ne- right? Never mind. No. Uh, These photos for. There's been a lot of fun folks on the air over the years, and hopefully more to come. Did so. they forget any? Did it, can you guys remember anybody that they didn't mention? Oh, they, oh gosh. There's, on the show? There's, there's, there's plenty. A, you know, on the, yeah, there must be a lot more than that. There's plenty. He didn't ask about Nate Smith. Maybe yeah, kind of weird. Maybe I will take his advice. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> the nicest one of us. Uh, maybe I will take his his advice about a longer segment and and do an actual reminisce with these folks. Get as many of them on to say hi, and then even cover some of the other ones. There are also some deceased ones. Um, really? Yeah, 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 that I know of. I can't remember now, but I'm sure we did like long memorials for them on the show. I can remember doing them. Um, so maybe I'll take your advice and and maybe around the new year something we'll do a, a, a catch-up show get ready Beth. it'll be i fun. just remember dead dads and then there was a fallen soldier one year at the bnas yeah exactly yeah. so i'm talking about that all right i'm gonna skip the last one for now okay um oh, the, la- the last two they're both about uh, new england ipa of course you know we never get through a, a hazy uh, or th- through a feedback anymore without some hazy beer references right uh, nor do we get through a show for that matter uh, but this last one I found interesting. It's just really long, but the the gist of it is that he wanted to discuss kind of the hows and whys a New England IPA came out. Like, like why did they even... How did we get here? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought he gave some decent history and feedback. So, I think so too. if somebody reminds me to do it at the end of the show... Here, I'm going to put it in there right now. I'm going to write it down. Oh, wow. first of all, on the fly. First of all, let's uh, let's relax a little bit about the producing of Pretty the show. Because I think we have a little time at the end of the show anyway. So okay, um, so we'll do yeah, that. that's cool. And I do want to point out for people who send hate mail about any IPAs and whatever, we don't we hardly bring them up organically on the show. They are brought up by mostly feedback and then guests on the show. So who bring them? Of course, yeah. yeah. So yeah. we don't we don't like specifically yeah. Warren and I, right? They People suck. get mad at us. People no. email me about how like fucking annoying. It like is. shut like, up about it. Don't bring it up. If you the fact that you brought it up, now I have to talk about it. That's just how it works. Yeah. Just don't bring it up. Just let me say it, and then you shut up. Right. Yeah. That's how it works. <laughs> All right. I'll tell you what, listeners. Tell me. Oh, listeners. Sorry. <laughs> Live listeners. It might not work. If we get $50 in donations tonight, I will not allow JP to comment on the New England IPA section at the end of the program. So you'll get a full New England IPA Wait. segment without input from JP. Does that come? Does, do I get the $50? No. Then what's the incentive to be quiet? Well, you, don't, you can talk you all you want. I'll just turn off you your mouth. I'll screw it. was at the bottom. I was trying to get the listeners what they want. That yeah. means me getting to shut up is worth more. Oh, yeah. If you double it, if it's 100 oh. bucks, then then neither Beard, Beardy nor JP. It'll just be Great. me and good old Tasty chiming in on the... Tasterino? Little right. Tasterino. So, Tasteroni. Let's see Another it. episode of What's Up, Tasty? Let's see it happen. <laughs> What's up, Tasty? <laughs> well, I like uh, people getting paid for shutting up. And that's What's Up, Tasty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
I have to get us to a break so we can get to our guest. Uh, we have a great guest plan for you. Um, so real quick, just go download the Beersmith homebrewing software. Go to Beersmith.com and check it out. You get a free 21-day trial. They've got their latest version. It's Beersmith 3 that's out there now, which has support for mead, wine, and cider recipes for the first time ever. There's a water profile tool that helps you that's built right into the recipe builder. There's a mash pH estimation and adjustment, adjustment tool built into the recipe builder. Um, new support for Hop Whirlpool editions, which, you know, is all the rage, of course, including time and temperature for each item. Um, a completely revised database, which has new hops, malts, fruits, juices, honey, and a style guide for mead, wine, and cider. All sorts of things. And a recipe database with over 700,000 recipes at this point. Go to Beersmith.com and get your free 21-day trial. You won't be disappointed. And if you are, you're an idiot. But also, it won't cost you any money. So You probably make bad beer. So bad that it's clouded your brain worms. Yeah. yeah. I'm giving $50 now. <laughs> yeah, we got our first 50. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Work. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, Adroit Theory Brewing Company is on the program. We've got some beers ready to taste, and we're going to have a good time. So hang in there. It's the session. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star Treatment today.
you're tuned into this session. Because life's too short to listen to crappy radio. All right. Welcome back to the program. Thanks for sticking with us. Today's segment is brought to you. This segment is brought to you by craftbeer.com, celebrating the vast and varied landscape of American craft beer. Visit craftbeer.com's beer travel section to find your next beer beercation destination. Uh, go to craftbeer.com. All right. As promised, uh, our guest should be on the line for, with us. We've got Adroit Theory Brewing Company and Mark Osborne. Are you with us? Hey, I'm here. How are you? I'm doing very well. Nice to speak with you. How are you doing? I'm hanging in there. Good. A little late on the East Coast, but you guys seem to be having a pretty good time over there. We are. Uh, yeah, that's always the problem with the phone interviews <laughs> that are outside of California. But we get yelled at if we don't get enough of you East Coasters on the show. That's true. So, um, Hey, Mark, will you do me a favor and just kill whatever audio you got going on your computer there? We get a little echo. All right. Yeah. You'll be able to listen to yourself later when I post this and add all the ways we made fun of you. Is that all right? Okay. So, Can you ad- hear us? <laughs> Adroit Theory Brewing Company. Where are you guys from and how long have you been open? Uh, we are in Percival, Virginia, which is about an hour outside of D.C. Okay. And we opened in 2014. Got it. Sorry, I have to check again. Do you still have the show playing in the background? I might. Give me one second. That's all right. Thank you. My bad. I'll get yelled at, man. I'll get yelled at for weeks about how the audio had that delay. In man, it. the Brewing Network used to be good, but they went down. Their quality's downhill. <laughs> yeah, my bad. It's like when people call in on a radio show. Exactly. <laughs> Turn the radio off, man. Exactly. Yeah, no worries, man. Uh, all right. I can still hear it, though. Do you think you managed to find that browser? Oh, really? Yeah. I think we're good. Now. I didn't hear it the last time we talked. Okay, now we're good? All right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, sorry about that. No, yes. you're okay. Uh, folks at home, if you want to play along, you can go to adroit-theory.com and check out the website and uh, look at all the beers that they have. Um, so, yeah, uh, how long have you guys been open? So uh, we opened in uh, January of 2014, so coming up on five years. Okay, very nice. And um, were you a home brewer before this? No. You were not? Were you no. a, were you a pro brewer before this gig? <laughs> no, no, this is uh, this is my first uh, foray into the brewing industry. How did that happen? I don't wow. think we've interviewed people <laughs> who said no, they weren't into into beer at all beforehand. Well, I I, I wasn't in the industry. I I, I was kind of like, I mean, I guess I don't want to presume, but kind of like you guys, you know, like a fan first, like. You know, the person that always went to festivals and, you know, went on, you know, beer vacations and traveled around to visiting all the different breweries and beer cruises and, okay. you know, this whole lifestyle of, of enjoying craft beer. And, uh, you know, I saw 40 on the horizon coming up quick. And uh, <laughs> I decided that if I was going to, you know, do something different, you know, for the second second phase of my life, that I should do something that I loved. And I thought to myself, what do I love? I love craft beer. So, you know, that seed was planted. And then, of course, you know, you, you work hard to, to learn everything that you don't know. And then you start a business and you only know maybe 10% of <laughs> what you should know. Right. But, uh, you know, so far, so good. So without being a home brewer, you know, a lot of times we hear, I was a home brewer and everybody loved my beer and they all told me I should do it. Without, what gave you the confidence or, or maybe more specifically the skills to end up opening a brewery? Did you go to school for it or? Uh, I mean, I did take, you know, classes at Siebel and, um, you know, I did, did a lot of reading and, and, you know, my own research. But at the end of the day, you know, like, um, 
you know, I've started other businesses before, so that wasn't, you know, intimidating to me. And, okay. uh, you know, Virginia, at least when we opened, you know, there were some, some, you know, holes in the marketplace for, you know, what we were trying to do. And so it just seemed like a, a natural opportunity that if I didn't do it, somebody else would. Um, so, you know, I, uh, I met my brewer and, you know, uh, we got started. Got it. What size brewery did you, did you open with? That we opened with? Yeah. <laughs> uh, a half barrel. Okay. So a, a nano brewery Me too. there. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you were, wait now, you, you were brewing commercially and selling your beer uh, a half barrel at a time when you started? Uh, that is, that is, that is correct. Wow. Uh, now, in all fairness, we also contract brew. Okay. And, yeah, did and we still do to this day. Okay. Um, but anything that we'd sell at the tasting room, you know, we were literally brewing one keg at a time and and putting it on draft and selling it and you know brewing the next one. We uh, we wore that we wore that poor half barrel system out. <laughs> what was your upgrade from that? What do you have now? We have a ten barrel okay. now. Yeah. Um, so you know a little bit of a jump, but still not uh, big enough to uh, support you know support us so again we we continue to contract brew and um that's primarily what we send out for distribution now let me ask this if you don't mind this is a business question for our listeners out there because we've talked about nano breweries before um one of the other shows we do here uh with jamil zana chef and he was always kind of saying hey you know don't do the nano thing because you and the reason is you you just can't make enough capital then you know, to grow. Were, were you able to capitalize your, your next phase, your growth through the nano and some contract brewing, or did you have to recapitalize the company for that growth with, with investment? Uh, no, I mean, we, we pay as we go. Okay. And, um, no, absolutely not. I mean, I think, I think the advantage of starting small is that number one is you can figure out, you know, what types of beers that you want to make and get feedback, you know, instantaneously, you know, brewing like right now we brew, you know, 90 barrel batches and, you know, that's a lot of beer. That is a lot of beer. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and any one, you know, one thing and, you know, selling one or two kegs of something, you know, is a piece of cake. Um, so it gave us an opportunity to experiment, gave us an opportunity to figure out exactly what we wanted to do conceptually and get feedback, you know, from our customers. Uh, now the rub was, is that we sold out of beer uh, on a regular and routine basis. And, And I remember some of the early days, uh, at the brewery, people would come and we would, they'd be like, well, we'd like to try your beers. And we'd be like, well, we hope you like stout because <laughs> that's all we have left. That's what we got. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, so there's some challenges in that regards, but you know, people want what they can't have. And the more, uh, you don't have beer, the more they want it. And the lines got longer and longer and longer. Eventually we were able to, you know, to upgrade. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would be very, hesitant unless again you came from some pedigree of some other brewery that had you know you knew exactly what you were doing and you know what your your brewery was going to be but for somebody that maybe didn't uh you know you know purchasing a 30 barrel system or or larger and and just making beer you know I think yeah. it's much better to you know to do it you know a little one step at a time now is it safe to say that any any beer that moves on to the big system to the contract system has to go through uh, your small system first so that you do get to experiment like that um, I think at the beginning, um, yes, uh, you know, for the first, you know, three, four years, everything was, was, you know, piloted, tested and what have you at this stage, 
No, I mean, you know, we feel pretty confident of what we're doing and conceptually, you know, the recipes and the revisions that we might want to make. So, um, no, we'll usually do like a 60 barrel batch uh, of something maybe that we haven't brewed before. Um, but the whole concept is that everything's new. Like we don't have a flagship. We don't have recurring beers other than, you know, maybe once a year, if that. Um, so everything is, is fairly new. But no, we don't do uh, you know, a small batch pilot for everything. We do it for some, but okay. You know, not, not so much. That makes sense. Well, and to that end, I'm reading in my notes, I find this number that you chose interesting too. My notes say that you, that you've brewed over 666 beers in four and a half years. <laughs> that was just coincidence. <laughs> just um, coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're a metal themed brewery, so right. you know, there, there is that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we do crank out quite a bit of beer. Um, you know, not as much as we did, you know, in the early stages where it was, you know, we're brewing, you know, half barrel, you know, ten times a week, um, you know, where you could really experiment. But uh, we still do crank out quite a bit. I mean, uh, we release three or four new beers at our tasting room every single week, like clockwork. And you know, for things that we send out for distribution, we send out two or sometimes three per month. Okay. Again, like clockwork. Again, new beers. And again, we also revisit beers and, and we do rebrew beers that have, you know that we have liked and wanted to uh, experiment with further. But you know, the whole concept is new, new, new. Are you you self-distributed? We self-distribute in Virginia and Maryland, and then we send beer out to, like, Tavor, which is in Washington State, and they ship direct-to-consumer. So that's, like, how you could get it in California uh, as well as other states. So you don't have to deal with distributors complaining about having 666 different beers? (laughs) Uh, No, well, my wife runs our distribution company, and she will tell me, you know, when we we do too many. But, uh, (laughs) you know, it's like it's the new model, you know, like it is not just the customers, the retailers. Like, what's new? What's new? What's new? And, you know, like, oh, I happen to have a little bit of this. Oh, no, we've already had that. (laughs) Right. That's a good point. Although it's not just like that. What an annoying thing for a beer producer is that it's largely like that. You know, my, our bar here, the Hop Grenade's like that. We like to rotate our beers all the time. But at the same time, when we or our customers get one that they love, we want that one back over and over again, too. Right. So right. we're a pain in the ass is what I'm saying. If on <laughs> one hand, we say to you, yeah, keep doing all these new yeah. beers because that's what everybody wants. And then at the same time, in the same conversation, we'll yeah. also say, but how's that double a- IPA coming along? You got that back for us right. yet? Yeah. You know, Why isn't the one that I liked always on? <laughs> yeah. So. And then once it is on, nobody buys it. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, a fickle business. Uh, okay. Well, we've got a couple of your beers in our glass right now, and I thought we'd start talking talking about that. Uh, the first one we have is your antithesis, which is, uh, I've got a whole description here, Island Sunset Goes, um, but I'd like you to describe it to us, if you don't mind, while we have a sip and, and get to talk about it with you. Sure. So one of the things we started last year um, was what we call our antithesis line. For the first three years we were in business, we didn't make beers below 7%. Um <laughs> They're all big boozy beers, but okay. we decided, you know, sometimes you actually just need to have a beer that you can you can crush or have more than one of. Um, so we developed our antithesis line. This is a three point nine percent goza that falls right into that, uh, you know, uh, category. Um, 
It is classically brewed conceptually, at least, you know, the base beer. Um, but we uh, heavily adjunct um, this series with uh, fruit, in this case, uh, mango, pomegranate, uh, vanilla, something else. And uh, we have different grades. This is basically like the regular grade. And then we have like a doubled version and then a tripled version in terms of the amount of additional fruit. Oh. It kind of takes it from just you know, uh, you know, a fruity beer to a smoothie, a smoothie. Yeah. So this is the, <laughs> this is the single grade. Correct. Cause it's fruity. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's fruity. Very. Yes. You can imagine the triples like you need like a spoon. <laughs> okay. Is it re- now, are you exaggerating or is the mouth feel and the body of it really thick like that? It's pretty thick. Wow. Uh, I mean, also quite a bit of lactose that we add. I think we're doing like eight pounds per barrel of lactose. Okay. Which is quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, the mouthfeel on this uh, thing is huge. It's really yeah. huge. Yeah. It's already, exactly. Well, and I was kind of reading in the description that it can become a smoothie beer, and I, I was like, okay, well, it's a little exaggeration, but it's fruity like one. But now I see why you said that, because this is, this is level one. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's a thing. Uh, but people love it, because, again, you know, it, it, the whole idea, you know, like with this beer is, is, is we were trying to just recreate, a, you know, a Caribbean cocktail that you might get on a cruise ship. Yeah. You know, that just tasted like the beach um, more so than a, than a beer. But, uh, you know, people like that kind of stuff. It's fun. And it was great in the summer. We don't make this kind of stuff as much in the winter. But, um, you know, it sells well. Like we invested in a slushy machine at, at the brewery. Huh? And uh, we run a beer like this through it. And people love it. It's like I a slurpee. I think that's awesome. I would have that. It, it, it is like an island cocktail. Like I'm it like, is a beer cocktail sort of cocktail yeah, feel yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. It's really it's it's nice that way. It, what format is the does all the fruit go in? Is that all purees or whole fruit or what? Uh, occasionally we'll do whole fruit if it, if we can't get it in puree. But you know we use purees and we use concentrates. You know and extracts quite a bit. Okay, give that even that kind of gives it that sustainable fresh uh, fruit flavor, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and and it takes the seasonality aspect out of the equation, so you can get it, you know, year round. But right, are you adding that in the fermenter during fermentation? Uh, We have Uh, this one is that you're drinking is post fermentation. We actually added in the bright. Okay, all of the fruit goes in the bright on this one. Yes. Is there lactose? The ones that we do. I mean, ones that we'll sell at the tasting room. Mm -hmm. Is there lactose in, in this one right now? Yes. Okay. Why vanilla? Because I'm looking at your list of fruits that are in there and lactose, but you also went and added the vanilla in there. And what were you going for there? Well, it, it, to be frank, we, we make a ton of them without vanilla that are even sweeter and, and more, you know, over the top, uh, you know, fruity. But the vanilla helps balance that out. You know, it gives it some, you know, some some base to build upon. And it's a complimentary flavor to, you know, to those fruits that are in there. Yeah. I think it's delicious. I agree with that 100%. I just wouldn't have thought of it. So I'm curious how you got there. Yeah. But, yeah, that's a, it is a nice balance. Well, the vanilla would bring out the, you know, the, with the lactose would bring out sort of an ice cream, you know, kind of thing to it. And then the okay. fruit on top of that comes yeah. here and makes it like a shortcake. Beer the kind smoothie of, shortcake yeah. part. And to complete the creaminess. Yeah. And then just on the base beer part, I always forget this because we only talk about goes, I don't know, every couple of years here. But where does the salty part come from with it goes? Like, how does that get added? Is it a water treatment? Or what is the salt? 
Uh, I mean, we treat obviously the water for all of our beers. You know, we do water chem on, um, but we add, um, I forget the ratio, but, um, you know, a couple of pounds of, in this case, it was pink Himalayas sea salt. Okay. Um, you know, actually directly to the boil. Got it. Um, the rub with salt, as I'm sure you could imagine, is you've committed, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. You have to get the level right right off the bat because um, it can become obviously too salty. Um, but, you know, I think we have that dialed in. It's it's nice. I mean, if, if you drink the unfruited version, I mean, it's a two-style two beer. Okay. But really, it's really just a vessel for allowing us to uh, go crazy with, you know, fruit additions or vanilla additions or whatever it is that we're adding that particular week, um, you know, to create the effect. Got it. Also nice in this beer. Well, and then to your point, I'm going to ask both you and uh, my co-host Tasty here this question because, like you said, <laughs> you're you're committed when you add the salt in the boil like that. Do you think that a lot of brewers don't add it like that? They they add it after fermentation so that they could do it to taste. Uh, either one of you answer there. Go ahead, Mark. Um. I mean, I guess I, I really don't know, but uh, I mean, that makes sense, uh, you know, for an addition like that. Yeah. Um, cause it doesn't do anything like, through fermentation for you, does it? No. Okay. I mean, it seems convenient to add it in the boil. You get it all into solution and, and diluted uh, as it should. But yeah, just you're the one, just when you brought it up, yeah, boy, are you committed. So tasty. What do you, in your experience? What well, do you think? Yeah, I think, you know, what, what Mark has done is he's obviously just didn't say, Oh, I think I'll just throw in two pounds. No, he probably did some side testing, right? Might have taken a saisani head there and added, you know, a gram of salt to it and see what it what it, if you can what what level you start tasting the salt, and he would probably you could back off from that. Okay, uh, but and then of course you could do like one addition, which you know is probably way too little, and then on the cold side you could add, you know, you could, you could always go back a little bit more salt if you if you want, and you know, it goes it goes is not like defined by that salt necessarily having a real salty yeah taste like salt. So if you don't get enough, then next time you make it, you can add a little bit more. Right, but if you get if you get too much though, well, yeah, that's, then, well, yeah. that's what that's the main point. You get unsalted salty yeah. food or drink, yeah, for sure. Right. You should add pepper. Come on, come on, yeah. guys. Oh, what are you talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's have We've done quite a few pepper pepper beers. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's in the same the same category, you know. Like, how does it scale? Right. And peppers are the worst because you know it's it it's you know it's a vegetable. You know, it's a plant, and you have no idea exactly how hot that specific pepper is that you're adding. Mm. You know, adding to the beer. Right. So. I think I feel like you should, uh, if you bottle this beer, it should come with little umbrellas taped to the side. Um, uh, at the tasting room, don't think we don't, uh, don't uh, embrace the tropical vibes of the forum. That's what I like to hear. Okay. And now we're going to shift gears a little bit here with our next beer that I have in our glass, um, which I'd also like you to describe for us. But we have the Destructive Construction Hazy Imperial IPA. And uh, this one comes in pretty high. Uh, this one's a 7.9% beer, right? Well, yeah. I mean, that's Almost kind of in our there. wheelhouse of, of beers we love cranking out or right around, you know, that, you know, 8, 8.5%. Um, this is a follow-up to a beer we did earlier in the summer called Construction uh, constructive destruction. Um, this is the sequel to that beer, but it's just an ongoing series of, of of IPAs and double IPAs that we do. This particular one is with Comet and Mosaic and El Dorado. Hmm. Um, 
which I think is a nice combo because it gives you some of that tropical citrus in the nose. But then as it warms up and then as you, you know, actually drink the beer, you get that undercurrent of earthy dankness that, that we love. Um, so try to straddle that, that balancing point. Um, it's hazy. I mean, we do hazier beers than this one for sure. Um, this one is, we were really shooting for a very, very uh, stripped down malt bill to make it just as crushable as humanly possible. Um, but still be, you know, in that aromatic citrusy, uh, uh, camp, but then just down the hatch, uh, on the, uh, on the drinking side. Yeah. It is very aromatic. The nose is rad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really yeah. good. I do like the, the addition of the comet to those citrusy kind of really fruity hops. Yeah. Comet is, is the most underrated hop in, in my opinion. <laughs> and reindeer. I mean, honestly, if we're going mm. the history of <laughs> the season. Yeah. Beardy is, is Comet like an earthy hop? Is that why it's a good, you think, a good well, addition this, to this? Yeah, Warren. The, the, the dankness that you get in the nose here yeah. is mainly from the Comet. Eldorado and Mosaic don't have anywhere close to that level of, of dank, see. deep, okay. earthy hop character. Okay. And so it's just a, typically they, I don't see them combine like this very often. Got and it. I'm really enjoying the aroma on this. I've, I enjoy the aroma, and I'm really enjoying how, the aftertaste, how it fades away. It's a little. Uh, I'm, I'm not the biggest double IPA fan, so it's to me, it's it's quite strong on the the front of the palate. But I really enjoy how it kind of dissipates, and then to me becomes crushable, like you're saying, Mark, because it sort of vanishes like that. I go, oh, I'm ready for another drink already. Yeah, more hops, please. Another sip, yeah. Um, this is this is actually only the second beer we've ever done, uh, at least you know on, on a big scale that that we did uh, zero boil additions on hops. Really, it's all whirlpool dry hop, and a mountain of them. I'm I'm so, guessing. Uh, it was not insignificant. Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, what are the IBUs on on this beer? Well, it's such so tricky, you know. Uh, on on paper, and what we what we say is twenty seven. Okay. Um, but you know it depends what calculator you use and and frankly how long you know it it, it remains in whirlpool you know and you guys um, haven't sent it away yeah tested okay yeah no no not these ipas i mean because we, we do them every two weeks you know and i know there's some breweries that do it you know every single week and multiple of them but for us okay. it's a lot every two weeks uh you know and Two weeks from today, there'll be another one, and then two weeks from there, there'll be another one, and and they're all conceptually similar, but you know they're different beers, and yeah, we just yeah don't go to, go to that bother. Well, to, to me, it tastes like about forty-five to fifty IBUs. Yeah, that perceived IBU. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. but that's really what matters in the, in the you know the, the lab and what you think it is are probably the two most mm-hmm. important things. What it says on paper is just uh, something you need to remember for next time you make it. If you want to use more hops, you know what you used the first time. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And for eight percent beer, it, the the alcohol content is really hidden, in my opinion. It's well balanced. Yeah, for sure. I, I do not get that. I would not have all, guessed that. Which also makes it good fermentation, crushable. Yeah. Is that what that is? Fermentation will give you more. Like if if you ferment too hot or something like that, give you more fusel and right. Yeah, okay. if you don't take care of the yeast, it's going to let you know. And a lot of the time, it's going to let you know in harsh alcohol. I see flavors. Okay. Well, not not to toot our own horn, but one one of the things that w- that we've worked very hard on, and, and I think we're actually pretty good at, is is hiding alcohol. Okay, <laughs> as you will see uh, with some of these, you know, bigger, boozier stouts that we make, they're they're actually pretty pretty uh pretty drinkable. What's your yeast of choice for a beer like this? Um, I mean, you know, English ale, 
uh, three yeast um, is what we use quite a bit. Um, okay. We, uh, we're, you know, we're a small company, so like we don't have like a lab. You know, we can just completely make it our own. But yeah. um, you know, it's a good yeast. This is the last generation, so it's flocked out quite a bit, a little bit clearer than some of the earlier ones. But you know, gives you that taste. We're uh, but we're always experimenting. Like I said, every two weeks it's a new IPA, and and you know we change the yeast, we change the malt, we change the hops. Um, you know, depending on what the concept is. Okay. Are you able to get all the hops that you need with that method? Because you're changing them every batch. It's not like you're you know stocking up on all the ones that you need all year. Uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's a constant challenge and, and, um, you know, we're at, unfortunately the mercy of the market, um, you know, cause we would love to put, you know, galaxy and, and Nelson and, and Vic into every beer, but mm. we don't have any of those contracts that so we have to buy it as it's available. Got it. I like this beer. I like both of those beers. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. I think one was a good follow-up to the other, actually. <laughs> yeah, usually, you're pairing, uh, right? Well, yeah. usually I'd always put the IPAs at the end of the show. We tend to do that so we could taste everything. But yeah. uh, it, it was it was an accident. I just thought that they looked good together. And, yeah, that was a great pairing. Yeah. I like pairing beer with beer. It's <laughs> the, the only way to pair, <laughs> pair beer with stuff is other beer. Yeah, agreed. Okay, well, we've got more to talk about and more beer to try, but i got to take a quick uh, commercial break. Can you hang out there with us, Mark? Yep, no problem. All right. Give us just a second, and we'll be back. Uh, in the meantime, GrogTag is your one-stop homebrew customization shop. They have it all, from reusable beer and wine labels to durable metal signs to high-quality coasters, and everything is customizable. So uh, get on over to grogtag.com, and with one of our, uh, you can use one of their hundreds of templates, and they'll print it on high-quality materials and ship it out to you. It's easy. Check it all out at grogtag.com today. And if you use coupon code B, and Army, you get 10% off on your next order. So go to grogtag.com, use coupon code BNARMY, and check it out. Labels and everything you need, and they're also good guys over there that take care of us, and I think they even take care of JP, and who does that? That's true. Uh, oh. Nobody, to be honest <laughs> with you. So that's nice of them. Self-care, Justin. It's the best way to go. Self-care. I'll learn about that. Whatever that means. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some hippie bullshit. Snort lines of turmeric while you say it. Yeah. Pretty sure I did that twice yesterday. <laughs> All right. It's the session. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk more with Adroit Theory Brewing Company. And we're going to try some of the styles JP likes, believe hey! it or not. So hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support, like Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a brew 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Homebrewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for 
Denny Brewer. Whether for yourself or as a gift, when you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the thebrewingnetwork.com. Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high temperature March pump, and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new BrewEasy. This is Corey King from Side Project Brewing, and you're listening to the session on the Brewing Network. Alright, welcome back to the program. Hey, if you're looking for some marketing advice and help, go over to craftbrewcreative.com. They'll assure that your branding reflects the outstanding craft that you do. They take the time to understand your vision through straightforward and results-driven process. Uh, go check them out. You get tangible results that will make you proud of your brewery brand and feel confident in your market. They do logo design, branding strategy, websites, labels, tap handles. Those are just a few things. So check them all out at craftbrewcreative.com. And uh, since they've got such a great relationship with here at the BN. If you mention the Brewing Network, you'll get 15% off your first design and branding project. So go check them out at craftbrewcreative.com. All right. We're still on the line with Mark, and we've got more beer in front of us, Mark. But we were just talking about your bottles and labels, too. And you guys are big on your artwork over there. Uh, cool. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, we uh, we spent we, we, we want to make sure that uh, that the package that our beer is in is as awesome as the beer that's inside the bottle. Yeah, the uh, the first beer we had, the actually the second, the destructive construction label is rad. We're really liking it right now. It looks cool. Good. Thanks. Yeah, it's our it's a it's a two part series. This is the second part, uh, but it's our it's our little homage to uh, Frank the Bunny Suit from Donnie Darko. Oh, nice! I like it. And do you have an in house artist that does this, or various people, or we work with a variety of artists, you know, okay. it's really about finding the right person for the right job. But, uh, you know, I'm driving that train and, you know, I've got an idea of, of, you know, what our look and feel is. And it's, you know, the biggest challenge is, is getting, you know, multiple artists over multiple years to design something that has a cohesive look and feel to it. But, you know, I think so far so good. Yeah, I think you're doing all right. And it's not just the artwork, too, but you guys, um, there seems to be stories that go along with the beers that you also put on the label. And, you know, where I, I hesitate to call them descriptions, I guess is why I say that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so talk to me about some of the verbiage that you put on here. Well, yeah, I, I would say they do very little to describe what's happening in the bottle. <laughs> right. Um, you kind of go on the assumption that the people that are buying our beers already pretty much know, you know, what it is. Um 
But yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, because it's it's all new. It's always new, and it's always art driven or concept driven. Um, like this particular beer, uh, destructive construction, uh, is the second part of a of a series that started with constructive destruction. Uh, so it's a two part series, and so like the text from the first bottle marries up with the text from the second bottle, even though there's a six month, you know, lag in between. Um, but if you, you know, if you buy our bottles and you buy them regularly, you can oftentimes line them up after the fact and, and read the storyline as it, you know, unfolds over a series of months. But I don't know. I just find that a little bit more exciting than just, you know, Oh, we brewed this beer with Comet. We, you know, we did right. this, we did yeah. that. I don't know. I just not really that into that. I like the idea that it's kind of like back in the day when you, you know, zip on down to the record store and buy a, buy an album and you know you get home and you put the album on and while you're listening to the album you broke out the album cover right and you broke out the liner notes and all the inside artwork that went with it and just right. you, know, you soaked it in while you enjoyed the art which is kind of the concept so when you say that the sometimes you can follow along the story over the course of several beers have you written out the story already ahead of time or do you just keep writing the new chapter uh, a little bit of both. I mean, obviously you have to, you know, you have to print these things in advance and, you know, you don't know exactly sometimes how it's going to unfold. I mean, at this stage in the game, um, you know, we, you know, we do try to have, you know, at least something somewhat cohesive. We just, the, the, the beer that preceded this destructive construction is called IX, uh, which is a, is a Dune, uh, inspired series of beers and it's a three-part series and you know all that artwork and all that text has already been written and sent off to the printer but nice. other beers um you know that are just now unfolding you know we're writing them as we do them that's cool a little extra yeah a little layer yeah different uh different layer to just i don't know making beer here we go you, know, you gotta have a little fun that's not yeah making beer right jp you want to try something with me i do so I, I noticed this because I was reading, um, again, we're doing uh, the bottle of destructive construction. And I was reading it in my, like, uh, I don't know, very calm, passive. <laughs> Your voice. Yeah, my sissy-ass voice, basically. <laughs> yes, right. And then, so I'm going to read the, I'm gonna read the label with how I read it. Yeah. And I think what I'm going to demonstrate <laughs> for you, Mark, is how... It fits better maybe when, when your audience reads it, once I pass the bottle off to JP. Or what the author had in mind. <laughs> yeah, 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 they were writing. What was in the back of there? What, what <laughs> they were playing on their headphones. You want my Jamaican <laughs> accent, then, is what you're saying. Yeah. So, here, let me just put on some Hall of Notes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. no, but I'm just going to... Uh, uh, time unravels at the base of insanity colliding with reality to create the catastrophic spiral that derails the pathway set before us. We are mere pawns trapped in a design fault of fate where the horror of humanity only magnifies as we greet the gruesome end. This gruesome end. See, it's like a bedtime story. Yeah, when I, I think read you it. could have done a better Michael McDonald than that. <laughs> Can I get a like a no. like a sledgy guitar riff? Or you just got to do this. No, you got to do it cold. I think you'll be fine. Like all good metal, acapella. Right, yeah. <laughs> no, no support system at all whatsoever. Yeah. Right? Fuzz box. Uh, let's give it a shot, JP. I didn't think you were going to sing it. Of insanity. <laughs> 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 
catastrophe. Now it sounds like cooking mushrooms. <laughs> the catastrophic yeah. spiral that derails the pathway set before us. <laughs> and then Yoda. We mere bonds trapped in cookie design fault of fate where cookie run out and left only with carrot. Yeah, there. We got all of it in there for you, Mark. That's funny. <laughs> uh, and this is why people Black should... Black metal meets Yoda. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> people should have some fun with this. Well, you got to. Otherwise, you're boring. Yeah. Um, I like that you're doing those things, too. We, we've had some uh, some great artwork in the studio before from different breweries. Not not a lot of them, to be honest, but yeah. a, a handful of great ones. I, mm-hmm. I still really like Jester King's artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, Jester King's is dope. Um, Beaver Shady Town. Oak is real good. Beaver Town's real good. Yeah. yeah. But people that it sounds like, it sounds, I guess I'm bringing that up because it sounds like you, you spend almost as much, if not as much time on the, the concept and the design and how the beer is presented as you do even developing the beer. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a fair statement. I mean, we're huge fans of Jester King, uh, Anchorage Brewing does some sick shit. Mm. Um, but you know, it the, I, I don't know. That's just my way of viewing the world, right? You know, from a, again coming from a fan perspective, I want it to look badass. And again, you might not like it. You might be corny. You might be, you know, uh, lyrics to you know some hair metal band from the eighties. I don't know. But <laughs> it, it, it just to me, I, I don't know. This the concept is like this is what we're doing. We never deviate from it, and we try to make an awesome package and, and hopefully awesome liquid. You know, like it's we 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 work hard to to make make it be a nice fusion. Well, so far so good. And I'll admit, if it was if the if the words were hair be- hair metal from the eighties, I would have been able to do that for you myself. <laughs> I would have been able to carry that for you. <laughs> no, you did a very nice job. It's, it, that, guttural, that guttural uh, that guttural voice works for you. <laughs> All right, so the next beer uh, I believe that we have in our glass is the Dia de los Muertos, um, which, believe it or not, was the name of one of our studios at one time uh, (laughs) here on the Brewing Network. Yeah, we had a lot of we had a lot of family deaths that year, so we decided to just change the name of the studio. (laughs) Jeez, I forgot about that. Yeah, we we had Dia de los Muertos. Tell us about this beer. Uh, so yeah, so this is uh, absolutely in our wheelhouse when we're not making you know fruity fruity uh, Caribbean cocktails and, and hazy IPAs. We'd love you know big boozy stouts, and I think this one is definitely in our wheelhouse. Uh, I think on paper it's thirteen point seven percent, but in reality, you know, uh, maybe a hair more. But okay. uh, it doesn't drink that way. I mean, it's rich and decadent and thick and chewy and aromatic and delicious, but just shockingly easy easy to drink even at that high abv um you know we uh the, the trick with stouts is is you know on one side they can become too bitter and and we do have some stouts that fall onto the more bitter side of the equation and then the other side is they can become too sickeningly sweet you know what i mean um so trying to find that balance between those uh two elements is is the trick yeah. and i think this one i think is a really nice example and, you know, you had said yourself that you guys use a lot of adjuncts, but this one is just a, a straight Russian Imperial Stout? No no, no real adjuncts here? Correct. Okay. And, and, again, we do that quite a bit. Like, you know, we make the base beer of almost all of our beers. And then what we do is we say, you know what, this is the base. You like it. You love it. It's awesome. 
let's add some Oreo cookies to it. Let's do this. Let's do that. And and we come out with series of, of a bunch of things, you know, you know, riffing off of the baseline. But this is the baseline, uh, which I think is, is pretty solid. And we'll, and you'll use this actual recipe or, or beer for for other beers then to to expand on. Like you're saying? Uh, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, whether it's a, a barrel-aged version, so like this particular beer, this is not barrel-aged, this is the regular beer, but we have, you know, barrels aging with this beer in it. Um, but we'll also release, you know, beers that we've doctored up, uh, you know, specifically, you know, for a, you know, for a purpose in the tasting room, um, you know, moving forward. Got it. I think this does fall between what you had said, it, it not too yeah. bitter. Um not too sweet it is kind of in the middle do you think it's um is there a lot of carbonation in this one for a russian imperial stout guys or is that right to what's normal i I don't drink a lot of these beers i think it's i I think it's maybe on the high a little bit on the higher side but Mm -hmm. i think it's still within the parameters is right there but i think that helps to have it not be so you know bogged down Uh, the bitterness kind of does come through um, the roasted malts aren't out of whack. It's not heavy, you know, on the crystal malts. And so all of those kind of things combine together. But mm. it is a good, um, I think, uh, example of how carbonation does help yeah. these mm. bigger beers like this. And that's why I asked about it, if it's a little more than usual, because I often don't like them. They can be so uh, oily, yeah. uh, thick oil, I guess I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But I I like the effervescence of this one because I do think it helps. Yeah, I it agree. lifts it off the palate like that. Do you... Mark, is that something that you guys, you know, paid attention to, whether you're a little more carbonation than usual or? or... I mean, we do try to dial it in, you know, batch by batch. Uh, and obviously uh, it varies like when we do some of our barrel aging or if we add a bunch of adjuncts to a beer that depresses, uh, you know, head retention. You know, obviously there's that. But but, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it's a balancing act just like anything. Yeah. Do you know what the finishing gravity is on this beer typically? Uh, that's a good question. I, to be honest, I have to look it up. I want to say, I want to say six and a half Play-Doh, seven Play-Doh, somewhere right around there. Okay, I mean, yeah. it was a 30, uh, to start. Okay. Yeah. Cause you can definitely tell that it's on the higher side, but, but like you said, the, the, with the roasted grains and the higher carbonation, it mm. just helps make it very drinkable yeah. for being that high. Cause you can tell that there's a lot of, uh, of, of like dark caramel malts lurking in the background there. Yeah. 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 Just let this thing warm up. Yeah. Yeah. 60, 60, 62 is perfect. I can also see how it just make a great base beer. Oh, you can do a lot with this. Right? Because you can it, put a lot of mango in here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are dropping a uh, peanut butter chocolate Biscoff English tea biscuit cookie version of this beer on Friday of this week. Wow. wow. There is that. Actually, oh, mango would actually sound kind of good. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Actually, mango, mango and anything actually sounds good. Well, <laughs> you should do that, and uh, right. you know, I'll get 10% of all royalties. Yeah. Or just an orange. Do like a chocolate-covered Shut orange. Shut up, Warren. <laughs> Enough with the fruit. I mean, it's better than mango. (laughs) I think they all go good with this beer. Yeah, that's nice. English ale yeast on this as well. Uh, Actually, I think this is uh, American 05, if I'm not mistaken. I'd have to be honest with you. We we brew quite a bit of beers. It's (laughs) it's a bit of a trick to keep track of it. I'm almost positive it's 05. Okay. Yeah. Do you have to switch up yeast like that for um, alcohol content? 
Do you like bigger beers? Um, I mean, there is obviously some concerns when you do, you know, slightly bigger beers. But, you know, we, we do quite a bit of step feeding, which we did on this beer. Okay. Um, you know, to get it up, you know, to where it needs to be. Because there's quite a bit of candy sugar in this beer. And we didn't want to add all of that right off the bat. We wanted to, you know, keep it going. But O5 is pretty resilient. And, um, uh yeah, but I mean, we use. I mean, I want to. Almost every beer has a different yeast strain that we're using, you know, because they're all kind of one-offs. Are you doing the the peanut butter and the cookie stouts in house on the ten barrel system, or do you have the most patient contract brewery in the world? <laughs> yeah, that's kind yeah. Of they they look at us and they're like, absolutely. God, we're absolutely not doing that. <laughs> right. uh, okay, cool, man. Um, so what I hear you saying is, yeah, we can do this. Uh, no, we do, do quite a bit, you know, like like we'll even make beer and, and, and just bring it back in-house and then doctor it up as you as you will. So, like, it's a 10-barrel brew house, but we have, like, six one-barrel – well, we have, like, three 10-barrels. We have a 20-barrel. Um, but we also have, like, six one-barrel. We have, like, four two-barrel. And so we have a lot more um, – ability like we did when we first started when we were bringing on a half barrel to to do all this small batch stuff that we just a lot of breweries can't do you know everything is you know 10 20 30 barrel you know fermenters um but we can break things off and and park them in in one barrel brights or one barrel fermenters or you know whatever the case may be whatever we're trying to do um just a lot of flexibility, which I like. So then I have a boring logistical question for you. If you're if you're having this brewed at a contract brewery, and, and what are they brewing? Ninety barrels at a time, sixty, ninety. Something yeah, change a little bit. Okay, ninety. And then you want to bring it back to the brewery and kind of separate it to play with. How are you doing that? Do you have separate vessels to? You see what I mean? Like they're not just giving you a bunch of kegs. When it comes out well, of contract, sometimes it will give us. Yeah, I mean it. It, it depends. I mean it, it varies. As you can imagine, I'm sure. Um, but, I mean, we will actually keg up, you know, non-carb, non-finished beer and bring it back to our facility to do what we want to do with it if okay. if, if that is the case. Um, you would then take it from the kegs and, and put them back into these mm-hmm. uh, bright tanks? Pump them, pump them right back into a bright tank. Okay. Hmm. You know, so like, so, like, for instance, this Oreo beer that you'll be drinking here shortly is exactly what we did. Okay. Um, you, know, you brew a base beer, we filled the bright with Oreos and transferred it on top of it and let it sit and then kegged it back up. Got it. I just was, well, yeah, I thought maybe you had bought even separate vessels to, to take home larger quantities of this fermented beer. We do have, we okay. do have, you know, like, uh, I forget what they're called, but. You know, these big holding tanks, you know, that wineries use. Yeah, uh, yeah. Fermenters. The big uh, stains, so, like so, the totes. Okay. So, yeah. Totes, totes. That's, that's, that is what they're called. But anyway, Scientific I, we term. do a little bit of that. Not as much as you might think. I mean, we, you know, we're, uh, we're very creative people and, you know, we, uh, we, we figure out a way to skin the cat the way we want. And, uh, Whoa. You know, it affords a lot of possibilities. Or we just brew it in house. You know, if we if we if it's something that we want to really monkey around with. So, like, we have a beer coming out next week, or I mean, sorry, next month that's brewed with uh, marshmallow and seaweed. Uh, we learned the hard way that that's not a good beer to brew at a contract facility. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. For obvious reasons. So you know, we bring that in house, and we do the seaweed the way we want it. We do the marshmallow the way we want it, and everybody's happy. Got it. Wow. 
Okay. Together, huh? Where does seaweed and marshmallow are, are they happy? What what does that taste like? Seaweed and marshmallows. Deliciousness. Really? <laughs> what 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 it tastes like what like Japanese food and and s'mores? Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean you'd be surprised. I mean so like umami is a real deal, right? So like yeah. we, umami is a thing we we strive for. We're we're not to get off subject, but we're dropping a beer on Wednesday. It's a black IPA, which I know has fallen out of fashion, but it's delicious. Uh, but we brew it with sesame seeds, and it has that umami quality to it, right? Like nice. while you're eating, you're like, "God damn, this tastes like soy sauce." I don't fucking get it, but yeah, it's, I love it. Um, the the one the beer I'm talking about, which is Death of Cthulhu, is the same thing, right? It's you've got that confectionery, sugary component, but then you inject this very much of the sea brininess with the seaweed, hmm. and and it just creates this. Uh, you know, cacophony of flavors that meld together in a very shocking and weird way in a very savory way, which was frankly the goal with that specific beer. Okay. How do you discover those two flavors go together? Um, (laughs) uh, Well, some of it is trial and error. Some of it is, you know, good luck. And then the other part of it is, you know, I think I mean I think the best brewers are, are foodies at heart. I yeah. just picture like a fat kid at the beach with their parents, <laughs> with like a, a bag of marshmallows in one hand and like rolling around in the seaweed in the other. Yeah, like, Here you go. And then dad like looks at him or her and is like, "Huh, I wonder what that would taste like." <laughs> you know, some carnivorous dad. Yeah. Uh, Okay, well, fair enough. <laughs> so I already tasted the next beer, and I have to move us to this because it's, it's, it's something else. We have the Black Celebration in our glass. And Bevo, do you have this beer? In your, you need to get oh. in here. You need to come in here. And you need to. You're gonna. You're gonna lose your mind. I think. Yeah. Uh, Bevo doesn't. Tr- Bevo doesn't try all the beers here, Mark. But we kind of know the ones that she's gonna um, go nuts over. You, <laughs> you. You can have a sip out of mine, but you're gonna want a glass. Okay. <laughs> she's gonna go get a glass right now. While we're waiting for her to do that, uh, describe to us the the Black Celebration Imperial Porter. Cool. So, um, we sent you some beers that. We don't send out for distro, right? These are these are tasting room only beers. Thank you for that. Uh, but Black Celebration is a beer we brewed. Um, the concept is it's an imperial porter, which you don't taste in the version we sent you. That was brewed with maple syrup, blackstrap molasses, and black lava salt. I mean, it's a pretty solid beer. It's inspired by the Depeche Mode album, as you can imagine. Nice, yeah. Um, so it's a solid beer. So it's again, it's a great candidate for a building block beer. So we thought to ourselves. What do we love the most? God damn, I love fucking Oreo cookies. Yeah. So we we added a copious amount of Oreo cookies. I think there's over a pound per gallon what? of beer so um, on this them. beer. And, you know, the, the result is um, all the nuances of this beer went away because it tastes like a liquid Oreo cookie. It really does. Yeah, the nuances <laughs> definitely the, – the nuances went away. Um if I hadn't read the description first, the, the the my first impression was 
was cake, like birthday cake, chocolate birthday cake. Cookie puss. Um, a, a cookie puss. <laughs> yes. Absolutely yes. a cookie That's puss. That's a thing. It yeah. smells oh. like walking into um, uh, Carvel. Um, uh, 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 36 flavors. Yeah. Baskin Robbins. Thank you. 32, yeah. Which actually. does not do cookie right? puss. 36? No, but they have ice cream cake. It's they the do, thing. yeah. Uh, and, but then it, then I it very much tastes like Oreo. Uh, Bevo, do you love this beer? I want it on ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> I, want it, I want coffee in it. And yeah, all mm-hmm. of these. So this beer is, is way too sweet for me. And by yeah. that, I mean, I, I would never order this beer if I, if I read about it. I, actually, I would never order this beer if somebody told me about it. But <laughs> because I need to taste all the beers on the show, uh, I'm glad I did because I love this beer. I would never drink a beer this sweet, but it's so good. And you're right, though. Let's go back to those ingredients you mentioned first, just so people can follow. But maple syrup, blackstrap molasses, black lava salt, um, a solid imperial porter as a base. But all of those nuances do kind of give way to Oreo cookie, don't they? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When you say a shit ton of, how, like, you just bought it. How many bags of Oreo cookies were in this tank before the beer went on top? Um, we'll put it this way when we, because you can't unfortunately order some of these things like in bulk from like wholesalers. So like we go to Costco or the local grocery store and they see us coming. They're okay, like, oh, yeah. Oh, they, yeah. <laughs> what are you fools brewing this week? Here's the right guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I mean, like, I mean a lot, it's, it's, uh, literally, uh, a little over a pound per gallon. So, you know, that's a lot. You know, so, 300 pounds of Oreos. Right. In a two-barrel fermenter, how much beer did you actually fit in there? <laughs> well, oh, yeah. No, in a two-barrel, uh, yeah, what that be, 62? Yeah, so quite a bit. It, it soaks up quite a bit of beer. It smells <clears throat> great in the brewery when we do it. But um, Did you taste the cookies after? Um, it's a little bit, of, you know, it's... It, You'd think they'd be awesome. They're a little gelatinous, yeah, you know. Uh, that makes sense. Sitting, sitting in liquid, but it, you know, at the end of the day, it's delicious, and that's the idea. You know, like we try to, you know, we try to make awesome beers every day, but then we also like taking awesome beers and making them more awesome by adding things that we love from our childhood, right? You know, so Oreos is right in the crust. I mean, we have a we have a series of of beers that we call drink. Which is Hawaiian Punch inspired beers that nice. <laughs> taste exactly like a Hawaiian Punch. Like, yeah, there's no nuance, there's no subtlety. But guess what? It tastes just like a Hawaiian Punch. I love it. That was the goal. That was the idea. You know, See, if you want to taste this beer by itself? We have it by itself, and it's an awesome beer. I really like this because a lot of times on this show we we kind of have to say, well, and now I see what you did with the Oreos, but you made it subtle enough so that we don't. And you're like, no, no, we like Oreo cookies, yeah, and sure. so we made I don't a want beer it to taste like Oreos. Like yeah. Oreo. yeah, I don't want it to be subtle. Just own it. Right. Yeah, like you had I said that, you'd have been the one guest who was like, hey, fuck off. We didn't want subtle. It yeah. tastes like Oreo cookies. Oh, you think it's subtle? Yeah. Oh, well, uh, you know, send it back. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 there, a sledgehammer to the head is is kind of the goal. Yeah. This is level one of the Oreo cookie stuff. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. level three. One. Three pounds. <laughs> level three is just an Oreo cookie. You should bring that up. We actually did double stuff version of this beer. Double, That's double what stuff. I was going to say. Was I forgot about the double stuff. Uh, yeah. And you it did. Was, it actually was too much. It was, was it? too much. <laughs> yeah. It because was too much. It was almost. It was too much. See, that makes sense because double stuffed, well, by name, I'm, I'm going to state the obvious right now. It's not more cookie. It's, it's more, more sugar cream, filling. Right. More, yeah. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. honestly what I, get, what I get more of out of this. I get more of the cream filling the, than oh, you the do. actual cookie. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's mm-hmm. leftover. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I don't know if you. This might be too too complicated or too technical. Question mark. But Let's when you add, when you put the this beer onto this this all this sugar base, it, does it kick up a ferment or do you add like potassium sorbate to to get rid of the yeast out of it? Because a lot of the, the sweetness in this seems to be the filling that's making it sweet, not like malt or hmm. or alcohol. Yeah, I mean, the base beer, I mean, has, you know, a little bit of residual sweetness in it because it has maple syrup and blackstrap molasses in it, and, you know, it's a big beer. But the, you know, the adjuncts obviously add just a copious amount of sugar, which is, you know, re-fermentation is a huge, you know, huge concern at that that stage given the levels that we're talking about. Um, You know, we designed this beer to be drank within a week of us packaging it up. I mean, that was the whole idea, right? This is not... Some long-term beer to put on the shelf and, and sample a year from now, um, but yeah, there's quite a bit of sugar. The diabetes come at no extra charge. <laughs> mm. yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm, I always have Oreo cookies in my uh, pantry. You do, and uh, you know, a sip of this is like putting like four, like five cookies worth of flavor. It's just so. It's a great way to get Oreo cookie flavor without yes. You know, all the extra time. See, I don't ever eat dessert. I've said this sometimes before. I just don't. But I would have this beer for dessert. I would have this yourself. for dessert. Yes. <laughs> right. I, I mean, if this was on the menu at every restaurant yeah. I went to, I would always order it after dinner, I yeah. think. Yeah. But you don't like tiramisu? Nope. That's a boozy dessert. Yeah. Too boozy, though. Oh. I think. I just don't. Yeah. yeah, it can get pretty boozy. boozy? It, it can coffee. be. Yeah. It's full of coffee, I thought. And alcohol. And alcohol. Oh. Yeah. Alcohol, no cream, like and coffee. It. Yeah, it's, oh, he's, he's right. Um, oh, it's good. So now you mentioned refermentation. Let me make sure I'm understanding the process here. So this would be a beer that comes back to you fermented. So a complete beer on the cold side. And then you, you, you put it into a, a bright tank on top of the Oreos, right? Correct, and and now and you're also saying, yeah, we, it's not a shelf life beer. Like we, you know, we try to get rid of it fast. But but let's just say you you didn't get rid of it fast. Is is there a real risk for refermentation, or do you have to make sure that they centrifuge or filter every bit of yeast out? Are you you know what do you do? Well, first of all, I mean, we do centrifuge. Not all of our beers, but almost all of our beers are centrifuged, okay. and the vast majority of them are filtered as well, which most you know breweries at our size aren't doing because they just don't have that equipment. Um, that said, when you start adding a bunch of stuff, particularly after the fact, hmm. you know, uh, refermentation is a concern. So still, yeah. uh, if it's kept cold, it's less of a concern, but it, it's still occurring just on a slower scale. And, you know, you don't want customers to do that. So, you know, we do try to put warnings on everything we do. And, and like when you, if you come to the brewery, which is really the only place you would buy a beer like this, you know, it comes literally with a tag dangling off of the neck of the bottle that says, you know, keep cold, drink it immediately. Do not sell to this. Do not. Right. You know, mm-hmm do all these things that people do uh at the end of the day though you know it can and it can happen it's just sure. it is what it is is this beer centrifuged it is oh, okay i was I wondering want... how you got the cookie out oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> right yeah there's still quite a bit of cookie in there Every part of me wants to hate this beer. I just you know it's against <laughs> everything well, i would normally drink you can't but... drink a pint 
Right. I think I could drink it. Really? I'm telling you. Wow. You could drink a pint of this. I think I could. I, I really like it. And, and, and I could go get you a pint glass. I'm telling you, there are, there are things firing off in my brain because it's so outside of what oh. I would normally, that are saying no, no, no. Mm-hmm. But my, <laughs> but my palate is saying yes. What? For, for 16 ounces. 16 I whole think ounces. I could do it. I could do it. Yeah. Right now. Uh, do I have to? Yes. I will. You said it. I would like to see if yeah. you can. Okay. And it's, to see how long it would take you. It's going to be 16 plus 4, right? And that's what I just had. So it's going to yeah, end up being 20 ounces. Do 8, do eight and see how you, where you stand. Uh, <laughs> see, you know, predict where you can All right, I have a water glass here. I, I can finish I think the, the maple syrup and the blackstrap molasses actually do quite a bit for helping... Back up the the white cream part of the Oreo in this because to me more sure. more of the 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 black cookie part came through in the aroma, but in the flavor I was getting a lot yeah, more yeah. of like the the rich vanilla mapley flavors. Yeah, that, that's that's about um, that's about fourteen ounces, twelve ounces, right? Oh, yeah. Plus oh, the yeah. four in my yeah, well, no, that's so what I mean. Now right, I'm at right. sixteen. Yeah. It looks a lot thicker when you pour it. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Like it yeah, has... you, you did have to take a spoon mm-hmm. and kind of. Mm-hmm. So the next time we do a Stiefel competition, that's going to be in your Stiefel. God. Then... I'm also going to become a diabetic just uh, <laughs> after, this, after this program. It's really good. Okay. And, and I'm just happen. I'm surprising myself. Because every other part of my brain is saying, what's wrong with you? You know, it's, 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 But my palate just loves it. Yeah, well, I am jealous of your big glass there, right? For sure. <laughs> See? Maybe you if you can't finish it, let me know. Then we, yeah, then uh, there's I'll the next step. Maybe you should try eating an Oreo. Oh, that now that would be oh, ridiculous. Uh, no. Oreos are full of chemicals. Do you know? Oh, okay. Scoop mm-hmm. of ice cream, that's what you want on the side. <laughs> that would be nice, a little vanilla ice cream. Yeah. For the not dessert guy. I think it's wonderful. <laughs> All right, Mark, I'm going to keep drinking it, so we'll report back if I finish this thing. Well, you know, like I, I feel like I feel like you've been converted. I feel like <laughs> you might have, or or rather than converted, you've now set the bar where I can now say, "Oh yeah, I like sweet beer, but you know, don't make it taste like shit." <laughs> so, does this count uh, as a pastry stout? Because that's kind of the new trendy oh, is it? stout category. Sure. What what category at the Great American Beer Festival or World Beer Cup would this go in? Um, mm. Other. Just other. We don't, yeah. win, we don't win a lot of medals, as you can imagine. Our beers don't fit nicely into right. preconceptions, but so they all go under other, <laughs> other. Yeah, yeah, I know. yeah. I don't know. I mean, to be frank with you, I mean, my view on it is, you know, like there's classically brewed beers that are beautiful and nuanced and subtle, and you know, you can dive deep on those beers. And then there's beers that are fun, you know, and, right. and we we make some, you know, nice two-style beers, but we also make beers that are fun that remind you of how things were back in the 80s, you know, when we imagined <laughs> this. You know? Yeah. When our pants were zebra print. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and they Velcroed at the top. Yeah. Right. And Fuck our yeah. cars were Camaros. <laughs> um, bitchin' Camaro. I do. I like this attitude of yours, and it came out even in the in the smoothie beer, where you, you know, you just kind of said, look, that one's step one, and some of, our, some of our beers, you need a spoon. Whereas other breweries who come in here, they try to defend what they're, you know, what I'm saying, though. Oh, yeah, we have a hazy beer, but don't worry because we do it like this, and we do. It's a whereas I just kind of like your attitude, where you go, no, yeah, it's pretty hazy and thick, and you might want a spoon, you know. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I, I decided when we the day we started that like I wanted as many people to like us as humanly possible, but I also wanted as many people to hate us as humanly possible. I think if it's right around like. 
51 to 49, that's a good ratio. There you go. No, one day you can go into politics then. Yeah, good job. Those are voting numbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, before I forget, uh, looks like you got a couple of events coming up that I want to make sure that we mention. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. Yeah, so uh, we will be five years old in uh, January of, of next year, 2019, and uh, we're throwing an epic five day party for ourselves. <laughs> And we've invited uh, a lot of our friends that we've brewed beer with. And what's nice is, uh, unlike some festivals where you know they just bring one beer, we've invited them to bring like twelve beers. So it's nice. it's it's a nice it's a nice in that regard. But the Dia uh, beer that you sampled, we have I, uh, like eleven different types of barrels aging that beer, and we're releasing them all over that five day period. So it should be a pretty fun party. Wow. And. Uh, it's in the middle of January, and there ain't jack shit going on, so come on down. Damn. <laughs> That's a good time to do it. Yeah, right. Uh, what about metal and beer fest? Where's that? Oh, my fucking Jesus. You guys into metal? Uh, I mean, well, I, of yeah, course. I heard the uh, audition. But uh, we're, we're, <laughs> we are pouring beer at Decibel Magazine's Metal and Beer Fest, which is in L.A. Okay. Uh, we did it in Philly this past spring, and, and this is their first time on the West Coast. And they invited us, when, and we will be there pouring some ridiculous beers. Nice. Uh, and listening to uh, both death metal and black metal. Love it. When is that? Uh, first week of December. I think it's December 1st and 2nd. Uh, how, how do I go to that? <laughs> I'm like six hours away from that. JP's yeah. writing it down right now. Yeah. Yeah, you need to get off that, dude. So, yeah, we're coming out. We're brewing a beer with Mumford, um, which is in L.A., and uh, I think King's Brewing, which is in um, La Cucaron, somewhere. Anyway, it's in, in that vicinity, down. and yeah, we're going to this festival. It's uh, pretty cool. I mean, there's like 20, uh, you know, big Testament. death metal, black metal, doom metal, thrash metal bands. And it's a two-day festival, and, uh, you know, True and Burial and Three Floyds and all those cool cats will be there, and we'll be there, too. Testament is, it looks like they're headlining. Okay. Trypticon. Yeah, Trypticon. Black Dahlia Murder. Black Dahlia. But, uh, Pig Destroyer. Trappist East Coast Love. Oh. And so, if, so, Jay, you missed the Trappist uh, right. uh, news. So Trappist is uh, formed by a few dudes in, like, metal kind of, like, thrash punk bands. Yeah. But it's just a, they do songs about craft beer. Really? That's it. Yeah. They're from L.A., and it's, it's fucking, it's rad. That's hilarious. I like it. It's pretty good. So uh, that sounds rad, dude. Three Weavers, Phantom Carriage. Yeah. Good uh, events. Yeah. That sounds dope. All right, folks. Uh, so Adroit Theory will be there. You can go to adroit-theory.com and check it out. You can see all the beers that we've been talking about and learn more about where they are and how to get them. And then, of course, you can find them at those two events. Dawn of the Dark Day, their fifth anniversary, uh, which is in January. Five days of party. And then uh, Metal and Beer Fest in Los Angeles, uh, which sounds like maybe you'll run into JP there, too. Man, uh, sub JP? I'll see you there. Take me along, dude. Let's go. I fit in small luggage. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right. Hey, Mark, thanks so much for being on the show and sending this uh, this awesome beer. It was really good. Hey, I appreciate you guys' time. Glad uh, you guys took the time and I appreciate the conversation. We enjoyed it very Absolutely. much and uh, we hope to hear more from you. Um, I can't wait for the day that I do see one of your beers on the Great American Beer Festival stage or the World Beer Cup stage because I, I, do, <laughs> I do think they're awesome. And I'll know when you finally decided to enter the other category. Other. Yeah. The other. <laughs> All right, brother. Thanks so much. 
All right. Thank you, guys. Take care. All right, All right. There you go. And that's Mark Osborne from Adroit Theory Brewing Company. Uh, Once again, adroit-theory.com. I do recommend you go check out these beers, especially if you're in the area there in Virginia. Uh, You should check them out. Sounds like you can get them in Washington, too. Um, They sent us some some one-offs. Or go go to the Metal Fest in L.A. Dude. Yeah. Did we just talk to one of Ozzy Osbourne's kids and just not even mention it like we did with Robert Plant? <laughs> that was Mark Osborne, the, non, the <laughs> non-douchey one. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, just dropped the accent for the show. <laughs> Did a great job there. I'm I'm not sure I'm going to finish this. The, oh, <laughs> you got you, two ounces into that. I thing. am still I know, enjoying right? it. I'm yeah. still going, but I can tell I can feel the slowness. Yes. Oh, well, I know, and, yeah. and but it was so, so that's, tasty. But that's the difference between. Uh, it's enjoyable, mm-hmm. and I could drink a pint of it. Well, but it needs a companion. Like, I need a scoop of vanilla ice cream right now. Or, you know what? Or an insulin shot. Well, three, whatever. Like, three fingers of, of bourbon or, like, a weird rum. Oh, see, yeah. so just clear bourbon. it up a little bit? Well, like I thought you guys had alcohol here. We have gin. gin. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's not no, no, gin will not help with that. <laughs> what are you trying to do to yourself right now? <laughs> Finish also, the show. It's it a up, stressful week. <laughs> when I picked it up and I looked in the, in the glass, I was like, why is there, like, an oil coating on the top of it? And then I realized it's... It's from the Oreo cookies. Yeah, from the filling of the fat, o- Oreo cookies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no head. Shorting and sugar. You see yeah, there's there. no head on it. <clears throat> I'm not. I'm still enjoying it. I just. I'm not giving up. Want me to get your straw? <laughs> <laughs> Give me a dollop of ice cream. I think we have that back there. Oh, but we don't have ice. <laughs> ice cream. We Take the cream out cream. of the ice. Let's yeah. go already. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a good beer. I couldn't do a pint of it, and I would no. be. Completely shocked if you if you managed to to finish right. a pint of that. I enjoyed the taster. I mean, I can finish it, but I'm trying to finish it while I'm enjoying it. Like Correct. I'm not gonna. I could certainly force it down to win right. the no, no. whatever. But I think. But I, would, the point was like, would no. I enjoy 16 ounces? No. I agree. So, yeah. But I think if you forced it down, if you forced it down, you right. would see it in a hurry. It'd be like it the chugging thick. milk. Thing. Yeah. Well, it yeah. is really thick and it is very sweet, and I think at least for me. Mind, my mind would be like, oh my god, I have this gurgle of thing, and it would, I would, I would release it again. Right. And as long as you stay looking at JP, that's fine. You can right. go ahead and check that. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, I'm still enjoying it. Yeah. Well, you mean my you know, Obviously, this beer would never be served by the pint. That'd be what kind of right. what kind of establishment would do that. Right. So, what do you think would be a better pour size now? Eight ounces, ten ounces. I think a ten ounce ten because ounce? I had the. F- I'm, I'm not done with it be, yet. You might be about eight I ha- in right now. I had a little four. I've had another couple, and I'm not done. I definitely can drink some. So I think a good well, eight, eight to ten, eight right? To ten. Yeah, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. And and with food, I think Bebo uh, makes a good point that if you, you that's why I said if this was on the dessert menu of oh, my yeah. favorite restaurants, I would always order an eight to ten ounce glass. I think it'd be yeah. great. Oh yeah, paired with the right dessert. Yeah, you could easily make it salty. Too. No, as yeah. my dessert, I don't need a pair. No, you don't need oh, I literally want to have a nice meal, and then <laughs> yeah. this is then my the, dessert. Okay, four ounces and others. a cigar. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna light up right now in the studio. Hell yeah, that would help. Um, yeah, it's really good. Four ounces and an amyl nitrate. Mm. I love anal nitrate. <laughs> <laughs> Were you serious that about that ice cream? Because I could do that for you. No. Uh, but maybe get some for everybody. Maybe everyone will have a little yeah, ice cream. Maybe I don't someone know. else wants ice cream, Bev. Was I talking to anybody else? <laughs> no. All right. Uh, quick break. And also, go visit greatfermentations.com. 
Great Fermentations has the largest catalog of Blickman products on the web, and their staff is some of the best trained in the business using Blickman products. They have top-notch customer service and same-day shipping on so many items. Check them out at greatfermentations.com. And be sure to like them on Facebook at GR8 Fermentation, and find them on Instagram and Twitter as well under the same handle. Um, they're also great people who take care of us, so make sure you do that. Uh, all right, we're going to take a quick break uh, when we come back. I've got to do a little hazy beer discussion from the feedback. That's correct. We've got to wrap up our Twitter game. Mm, also correct. I've got to finish this beer. <laughs> <laughs> Triple correct. Yeah. <laughs> You've got about a perfect 10-ounce pour you got in your lots, glass right now. we got lots more happening. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Check out their brand new patent-pending mash-and-boil 110-volt electric mashing and boiling unit. This compact all-stainless unit lets you mash, sparge, and boil just about anywhere that has a 110-volt plug. Double-wall construction adds to efficiency and safety, and a precise thermostat keeps temperatures where you want them. Unlike insulated buckets and converted coolers, multiple temperature rest mashing is easy to do all for under 300 bucks they also feature the mark ii work pump a magnetic drive high temperature pump that does the work of pumps that cost twice as much as well as exclusive brewers edge regulators and quality keg king kegs and disconnects check them out today at williamsbrewing.com to bruise their vast selection Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishev, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we are able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops, at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. Segmented. Demented. Fermented. Fermented. It's the session. All right. Hey, thanks for sticking with us. Thanks to Android, Adroit Theory Brewing Company, forgive me, and Mark Osborne for being on the show. Um, we asked at the break if we maybe we were even speaking to one of the Osborne kids and didn't even know. <laughs> Mark just didn't. Uh, we still don't know. Didn't call it out. We still aren't sure. I think that was on the show also. Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that too. Uh, all right. <laughs> 
Well, let's just take care of White Labs then while let's we're here. Do it. Uh, if you're looking for a more in-depth knowledge of yeast, like it sounds like a Droid Theory had, join White Labs November 5th and 6th for their Yeast Essentials 2.0 in Asheville, North Carolina. It's a two-day workshop where you can explore fermentation control points, tips for maintaining opt- optimal yeast performance, and how to develop desired yeast flavor compounds. Uh, but if you can't make it to Asheville, that's no problem. They're also offering a webinar version. Um, so just register by oh 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 you just missed early bird pricing that's all that's right you missed early bird pricing that was by october 6th we've been telling you um, but you can still go uh, register learn more about the event by going to whitelabs.com slash education that's whitelabs.com slash education the class class is happening november 5th and 6th I don't know if I'm going to finish the beer. I'm trying. <laughs> but the goal was to finish it while I enjoy it. Well, you, well, you enjoy it. You definitely yeah, don't yeah, want to yeah, drive yeah. the we enjoyment out of it. Yeah. Bevo did get me some uh, vanilla bean ice cream at the break, mm-hmm. and it it pairs. It's wonderful. It's technically gelato. It is? Yeah. What's the difference? I don't know. Oh. Did she tell you that, or yeah. you're just saying oh, no. that? No, it's she from didn't say your that. bar. Your menu told me that. I don't fucking remember. I don't have a bar. What are you talking about? Yeah. Somebody else has a bar that I have a studio in and yeah. used to collect checks from. <laughs> <laughs> so we open another one. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's good yeah, with the ice want, cream. Do you want my with the gelato? gelato. No. Okay. I'm not even going to finish my gelato. The flies are. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Man. They're just they're just eating. They're going yeah. down. Yeah. It's, the vanilla, a it's a buffet over here. I've never seen gelato with where the vanilla beans have wings. <laughs> it's really weird. <laughs> What's that Red Bull gelato? All right, we were going to do a little feedback segment. Yes, uh, part two because of the uh, New England IPA topic. So we got two emails in about it, and one of them was a description that I wanted to read. Uh, the first one, Aaron, uh, was that I just wanted to touch on a subject I hear about all too often on this show, which goes back to what you said, JP. Uh, <laughs> Tell me. Talk to me. Baby. Well, you say, you know, we don't bring it up. You know, you yeah. guys bring it up. Yet in the, in the comment, in the backhanded sort of, hey, let's talk about this, but it's not my fault, talk about this, he says... A topic that is all too often on the show. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to include all too often, right. wouldn't you then not continue with the topic of New England IPA? You would think, especially... You'd if, stop. If, if it's, the, it's, right. too, it's not just too often. It's all too often. Well, especially if the point of the email is to criticize how often the topic that's right. all too often is being brought up. Yeah. Um, you're perpetuating... Once he typed that out, he should have just held the delete key... So we're going to leave this request would have been granted. It's like time unravels at the base of insanity colliding with reality to create catastrophic spirals. (laughs) (laughs) I think I did it right. It's pretty good. I'm all auditioned for Nate's band. All right. So, listeners, just so you know, you're in control. The topic will go. The topic will go away when the topic goes away. When you go away. Uh, (laughs) Anyhow, he says. Touch on the subject that's all too often on the show. Um, I would have to go ahead and agree with JP Hmm. about them being their own category and not in the IPA category. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Also, uh, these are great beers when made correctly and bad when exactly like a yeast slurry with subtle lingering stuff. he says, I really love new categories in beer, but they need to be treated right. Uh, yeah, I mean, sure. Okay. 
I guess. Fucking all of you. (laughs) It's just beer. (laughs) On that note, I had a New England IPA from a brewery that's local to my state, and it lacked haze. Uh, Had absolutely no hop flavor and was way too clear to be called a New England IPA. (laughs) Uh, If the style is going to be BJCP certified, people need to do it correctly. Thanks for reading. I hope I made my point. Did did the BJCP add it? I thought just the BA added it. I think the BA added it, but I imagine (laughs) BJCP has it. It might happen. Yeah, now it's a World Beer Cup and GABF category. Yeah. Officially. He says, thanks for reading. Hope I made my point from Aaron. Yeah. He made his point. I mean, and really, all I care about, I don't I don't give a shit what breweries call it, but when I go to a bar and I order something and it's not what it is, then that bothers me. It doesn't mean IPA is just the thing, the topic du jour that we're picking on. But yeah. brown ales, it could be fucking and pale ales. We talk a, about yeah. pale ales actually yeah. a lot, too. It's, right. that's, that's all I care about. It, mm-hmm. Beer is really, really expensive right now. It's seven, eight bucks a pint. Yeah. If I'm going to throw down eight bucks of Taryn's hard earned money, <laughs> um, right. I, I just I want to know what I'm getting. That's all. Yeah. That, that, that's really all it comes down to. Yeah. I thought his main point was JP's right. Well, I, honestly, I stopped JP. listening after. No, I just right. assumed <laughs> what, what I was right. Yeah, his point's well taken. It should be its own style. Yeah. yeah. So there's no confusion. And the menu, that's yeah. not an IPA. It's, it's, what would it be called? If New England, New, New England what? It's called New, New England IPA. New England beer. But, but that's not, that but is not, what it's called. But it's not well, an IPA. But they don't put it in the menu that way. They don't say it's an IPA. They, they don't say whether it's hazy or not. Okay, yeah. I hazy, see. I changed the name to any IPA, yeah. Yeah. I understand your point. JP's point is even further that IPA should even be included. So it's just for, for fun, I'm thinking, like, oh. what else would it be called? New, New England-style hazy pale ale. New England... Mm. Ju- or or high-gravity high gravity pale ale. It's a, I mean, you know, it's a high-gravity pale Why not, like, New England sure. juicy beer, yeah. hazy yeah. beer, totally just fine. beer, like, instead of one of the other well, things. What's ale? Yeah. New England-style hazy ale. Uh, ale. There you go. Yeah, hazy pale, take out hazy... Pale. I, yeah. hazy no, of course... Some of them there are, are different levels of alcohol. Right. It's like a pale ale and IPA. Some of them are IPA. IPA. Yeah. They need their own like yeah. double haze or something, whatever. Mm-hmm. American black ale kind of became the catch-all for black <sighs> IPA. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when IPA became kind of not a vogue to be uh, called black IPA. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Also, I don't care. Okay, so here's the novel that was written in, which actually gives uh, gives some history. Now, I have not vetted this history. <laughs> I just found it fascinating. Yeah, this, <laughs> this could be the weekly world news yeah. of history. I have no idea. But this person says, this yeah, this person has no name. Carlo. Okay. Should be down there. This he's like, he's like no a long name. time. We've met him a few times. Oh, like Carlo? Carlo, Carlo. Oh, there it is. Keep up the good work, Carlo. Speaking oh, yeah, this of, is Carlo. Speaking of way back in the day. Carlo's great. Yeah, Carlo's a good dude. I miss Carlo, actually. He was always, you know what I like about Carlo? He's nice. Massages? Like, everyone else comes up no, and they're I'm like, hey, Carlo. you fucking douchebag. <laughs> they're all be, trying to be nice, too. Yeah. But Carlo, okay, I'm not, it's nice to hear from you, Carlo, and you'll wow. be glad to know I did not throw away your novel of an email like I normally do. <laughs> uh, but he says, Brewing Network crew, I've really enjoyed the last few shows discussing the hows and whys of New England IPA. But I think there's one thing that continues to be overlooked, and that's the history of how and why we got here. So, he says, in the past, when someone was trying to make an IPA like Pliny, there was a consistent misuse of hops and malt. Uh, we always read on the bottle or on the menu that, uh, quote, this IPA is backed by a deep malt bill to balance the massive amount of hops we added to this powerful beer. 
He says this was a huge mistake, resulting in gross malt bombs that were just bitter messes. Hence the term we hear today to besmirch West Coast IPA, the IBU Wars. There was no war, just an inability to make hoppy beers that weren't overly bitter. Back then, brewers didn't understand how to make a hop bomb without a massive amount of crystal malt. Strange, because Vinny Chalurzo from Russian River Brewing Company came on the show a few times and told us all exactly how to do it. <laughs> After years of trying to make an IPA that was less aggressive, a couple of breweries back east came up with the idea of reverse engineering the beer and completely changing it in every way. From the chloride to sulfate ratio to the use of oats, wheat, and pilsner malt. Not to mention removing all the hops from the boil, even purporting that dry hopping during primary fermentation created a biotransformation that creates hop aroma and flavor unachievable in any other way. Of course, he then says there is no scientific proof of this. Um, But this all equals a soft, white, gentle, fruity, or juicy beer with a clean, sweet finish. Not an IPA at all, he says. Like you, JP. Yeah. Truly, he says, the white Zinfandel of beer. Uh, They taste and look like mimosas, um, so of course they love them. Uh, He says, the long and short of my point is brewers struggled to make a great IPA in the past, and they still do. And that is how and why we got here, in my view of the brewing history, he says. Uh, exceptions include, but not limited to, Faction, Knee Deep, Russian River, Port Brewing, Avery, Dust Bowl, Heretic, Boneyard, Society, Altamont. They all seem to be killing it with West Coast IPAs. They were able to make the West, o- the West Coast IPA, he says. Mm-hmm. But it oh. was the ones who couldn't make that uh, that then tried to make this other form of not IPA, according to Carlo. Keep up the good work, Carlo from Sonoma. Been brewing for, he says, home brewer for 25 years, craft brewer enthusiast, and he's been a listener since the very first episode. Uh, I like his description of this. I think it's, I think it's good. I think I don't know if it's accurate. But that was like the it. most polite excusing inept brewing practice that <laughs> I've ever heard. our focus. I don't <laughs> think he was excusing it. He was saying, well, they were trying and they missed so this is what they came up with. Well, I you okay, you could read it that way. I don't think they felt that they missed it. He he felt that they missed it. I don't think that the breweries he was pointing out would have said, "Well, shit, we can't brew plant. We suck at brewing West Coast IPA, so let's do this." I think he was just saying like, "Well, uh, what if we reverse engineer something?" Anyway, they kept were like they kept thinking that they were doing it right and ended up with sweet beer. Mm-hmm. So they were like, "Well, let's do something different then." Yeah. In other words, I don't think they they felt they missed it. I think they felt like they did it right, but they didn't like the beer. <laughs> they just felt it was too sweet anyway. Oh, okay. I, mean, uh, I, th- I think it's more complicated than just a one <clears throat> a one reason. That's probably some of it from some people. Other people, yeah. maybe they were brewing West Coast IPAs but didn't care. Maybe mm-hmm. they were brewing West Coast IPAs that their customers cared about, but they saw the draw in this new style for you know, to get more people in. Mm-hmm. You know, who 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 knows? But I like. I think there's something to his point where he says his his quote here is you would always read on the bottle. This IPA is backed by a deep malt bill to back up the copious amounts of hops that we put in. Right. And I think that's a great point. And I used to buy into that, too, right? I'd be like, oh, well, of course. Why wouldn't you do that? Uh, of course you have to do yeah. that. <laughs> right. uh, but then we just sort of discovered over time that, well, actually, it didn't really have to be that crazy, and it actually made for a bad beer. Um, 
So I like that part, or I think that is part of our history. Whether or not it resulted in hazy IPAs, I guess we don't I mean, know. It's, yeah. it's part of the style, and that evolved out of the style, right? That, that yeah. was like, uh, um, you know, um, engineered out. And then the pure form of the IPA was able to, like, shine through. Yeah. But it's still, you know, reminiscent thereof. The the cloudy IPAs are not at all. It's totally different, which is why, you know, we just bag on them all the time because it's not, it's not an IPA. If you like those beers, you don't like IPAs. They're t- t- different fucking animals. Yeah. It's like well, you saying, might like both. But. It's like saying a Hellas is an IPA. It's not. It's it's. But it's that same kind of yeah. For me, black, very black and white differences between the two, and that's yeah. you know that's really yeah. it. But, what do you uh, think about this historical <laughs> description? <laughs> yeah, yeah it's history. I don't know, man. Right now, <laughs> some of the timings there. What came first, chicken or right. anything there? Right? Hmm. This is the question. About, I think Carlos might have been uh, kind of like you know, whatever. Kind of bring a little a high. Let us bring mm. a little. No, I don't think he did. Bring a lot of stuff together into like a, some sort of like organization. Okay. Uh, he didn't mention Hetty Topper, uh, which to me would have been like. Uh, well, he, what he mentioned was well, he said West Coast. He did. He <laughs> didn't mention people by name. He no. said uh, what it was after years. Blah blah blah. A couple of breweries back east came up with the idea of reverse engineering, and I'm sure he was thinking of Hetty Topper. Yeah, well, I don't know how the, what the reverse engineering yeah. thing meant, but okay. Right. Okay. It, it made me All right, well, of, fuck you, Carlo. I don't know. <laughs> what I don't want to tell you thing. You tall, handsome yeah. prick. Yeah. 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 yeah, get a scar on your face, yeah. you jerk. I liked his theories, and no, uh, who knows if they're yeah. accurate or not. It, I it made me think of the, uh, you remember the brewery we had back when the studios in Martinez, House of Pendragon? Yeah. yeah. They did, like, the yeah. no-bittering hop IPAs where it was all just Whirlpool and dry hop beers. Yeah. And they were super flavorful, flavorful Yeah, and just super juicy with... Even though the IBUs were theoretically there, it wasn't anywhere close to what you would associate with a normal West Coast IPA mm-hmm. in re- in, re- in relationship to the hop character. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I feel like that would be the West Coast answer to being juicy and okay. still clear and drinkable. Gotcha. I don't know if they're still doing it. If not, they should... <clears throat> Right in House of Pendragon. Yeah. yeah. The whole entire They weren't staff. that far, right? Weren't they? Like, they were Fresno Bakersfield That's area, what I thought. Yeah. 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 And we're down there. With their name and their theme. <laughs> but you're right. The, words, beer, the, the, beer, letters. the beer was good. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> All right. Then that is our New England Hazy IPA discussion for today. I think we bring that Until up Until next much. week. Yeah. Good morning. Yeah. Do it next week when you hear zingers like, drinkable. Hazy IPA. Ha ha, what a joke. Right. As if. All right, Adam and Eve is determined to help you spice things up in the bedroom, so check it out. Go to adamandeve.com, get 50% off almost any item. Just enter coupon code BNARMY at checkout, um, and that's a good deal. But back by popular demand is the free Big O kit, um, which includes an exclusive Climac gel and a... Oh, my God. Just go to fucking Adam. <laughs> Max, it's Max a mini Joe. vibrator and some free shipping and a bunch of things, and you're not going to buy toys anywhere else anyway. So just go to adamandeve.com. You know it, and I know it. Uh, use coupon code BNARMY. That's B-N-A-R-M-Y. Get all the stuff, and then you're going to get some free things, and just do that. All right. There we go. <laughs>
Use the free things <laughs> however you're going to use them. See, listeners, I know you get tired of the same commercials all the time. Imagine being me, okay? So sometimes you just get a little fed up. Just go to adamandeve.com and use the coupon code BNARMY. Someone hasn't owed in a while. The thoughts of Justin Crossley are no way uh, in, in any way, shape, or form uh, representative of the Brewing Network and the Brewing Network's uh, sponsors and employees. Yeah. This message will self-destruct in four months. <laughs> exactly. All right, what else do I have to do? Twitter game. Oh, yeah. Hello. How'd that go? Uh, it went pretty good. I remember liking this one. Oh, that's Thank less positive much. than in the beginning. <laughs> it went great. Uh, should we do it now? Yes. Okay. Uh, Twitter game was, of course, uh, give me uh, one positive thing about a beer style that you don't like. Got it. Okay. Which I thought would be pretty hard. Uh, Rick Z, or possibly plural Ricks. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Let's see how that would be a mix. Yeah. Uh, Ricks. Uh, he says, "I never have to go see a farm. Instead, I just open up a saison." Okay. Oh. Okay. Okay. I like. That's not too bad. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> wow. Hello. Hi. That was weird. Uh, Aaron Gross said, "Vienna is a nice city." Okay. How dare doesn't, you? Doesn't that like, loses. Yeah, who doesn't like Vienna Lager? <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Uh, Brian Craig says, Porter makes a good carpet cleaner. Hashtag, am I right, Justin? Oh. Yeah. Uh, Douglas Nelson says, the good thing about brown ales is that JP doesn't hate them. So there's one less thing I have to hear him whine about every week. <laughs> 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 Which, uh, you know, that's not bad. He's that's, sort of right. Yeah. Sort of that right. Come on, that one's good. Overly, yeah, sweet, yeah, I mean, overly okay. sweet, high alcohol <laughs> brown ale. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and I continue. Uh, Leah Keggy says, uh, Gozes are a great style to introduce people who don't like the taste of beer to the world of beer. Yeah, good point. Mm. Very good point, I thought. Sudbury Homebrew says, not a fan of wheat beers, but if the wheat is subtle enough, it can be quite refreshing. It just doesn't happen often. Mm. There's a couple on the, good, on the nose ones there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joshua Lashowski says, I hate pumpkin spice beers, but my lady drinks them, and she gets extra happy. Winky smiley face. It's a win for both of us. Mm. I see yeah, where he's going that, with that. Yeah. I like the undertone of that, so that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> that Winky one's in second face. place so far. Yeah. yeah. Alex Cochran says, there's no beer style I hate if it's done well. How's that for positive? That's positive. Uh, too positive. But he did ask a question to end it with a period, so... <laughs> Uh, so you can so you can a, turn an entirely you, positive comment yeah. into a negative. Can you JP? read that more as a statement than a question? I just uh, JP just positive? pointing out that he can always out negative your positive. It's true, yeah. Alex. <laughs> Gonna win that game. Yeah, <laughs> fucker. Um, El Bebo, which I imagine is Beverly. I don't know. Um, says sours are a testament to the endless versatility of beer. Okay. Hmm. That's nice. Yeah. I would believe That's that nice. one. That's, That's nice. one that if somebody said that, I would actually believe they liked True. sour beer. Oh, like a motivational poster with like... <laughs> well, no, I'm saying like that's the... If you don't have anything nice to say, yeah. that's the epitome of it because that person doesn't like sour beer. And yeah. I wouldn't know that by that comment. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's true. Uh, right. But stated. But yeah. stated. Arguably. Uh, basket case said chili beer. I get to snack on tasty antacids after the heartburn sets in. Mm. <laughs> and then finally, Alex says, New England IPAs won't explode in my apartment. It's too late. It's week, one week old and already did. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's all negative. Yeah. Yeah. 
First of all, sorry, Alex. I think we can turn this into the backhanded compliment game. Oh hell yeah! Oh yeah! And Sweet this, the, It could be a. It could. This could be a, a recurring theme here. Right. The backhand. It doesn't have to be on Twitter. We could. Uh, we could even do it with our guests. <laughs> we always just. Do you want to play the backhanded compliment game, where they could uh, they could give us backhanded compliments about their experience on the show? That's true. And Ooh. we could give it to them about uh, their beers. About their beers. And the listeners could decide who who won, yeah. who was better at insulting <laughs> right. the uh, the guest or the host uh, with backhanded compliments. Yeah. So I do really like this theory. Right. Second of all, there's only one winner there. And that's the J.P. Brown. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. I feel Can like you just read a... it again just as it was? Just the, sure. the good thing about brown ales is that J.P. doesn't hate them. So there's one less thing I have to hear him whine about every week. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. right, guys, come on. <laughs> Douglas Nelson, there you go, buddy. Yeah. That's uh, a Whoa, guy with two first names. I'm sure you just won something we don't need around here <laughs> in the Brewing Network closet. Yeah. All your Red Bull disappeared. It did. All, you know what? Actually, the the day after the show where I announced it was all here, uh-huh. it, all but one case was gone the next morning when I came in. Wow. <laughs> so my staff here that night was like, I'll take that. You have a shady staff here. I know, which I'm happy about. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that's great. I just didn't realize they were such caffeine and other things junkies. <laughs> Whatever I, else is in there. I took a case. Oh, you did? Yeah, I did. Okay. I didn't oh, know yeah. you were a, a Red Bull guy. No, I, we were doing a, a like a, the five-hour show for my Disney park, the Year's Up show. Oh, okay. Uh, and we were going to be broadcasting for eight hours. And I was like... I was it a fundraiser? Were you guys doing no, a telethon? No, it, it was our fifth anniversary. So oh, like, okay. I was going to do a 14 hours is my idea. Oh, my God. 14 for charity. Why did like you give away stuff and whatever? Yeah. Um, but I didn't want to We had been way long. too drunk. Yeah. I mixed my Red Bull with wine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had like, a, so we did, wow. so we do a, we did a five hour show and then we, we all, for our Patreon supporters, we do a secret show where we, where we drink and we mix a cocktail and we give the recipe and we do like news and we kind of say okay. the word and it's a whole thing. So we were going to, we did three hours of that. So it was eight hours total. Wow. And I had a strict no drinking policy on the first five hours of the show because I needed everybody to be sure. upbeat and processing and ready to go. It's a long time to be And great. that lasted about an hour and a half. Of really? course. Who can of do a five-hour show sober? Of the five hours? And then, yeah, and then oh. four hours or an hour like left on the show, Bev has a glass of wine and a Red Bull. And I'm sitting there talking. I see her like processing. I see the wheels spinning. <laughs> oh. And she looks like comically from like one to the other <laughs> and then shrugs. And then pours the Red Bull into her glass of wine, swirls it, and <laughs> drinks it. Like, it wasn't that bad. It was damn. like a spritzer. A spritzer. <laughs> a, a double a wine spritzer. What kind of wine was also, it? Also, it was boxed wine. <laughs> red boxed wine. Boxed red, 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 yeah. red boxed wine. Wow. Hey, that's a double wine sangria right oh, there. Dude, it, was, it was actually not bad. Wow. Yeah, we got to get back to getting Bevo drunk on this show. <laughs> Listeners used to have fun back then. Remember? Remember? I remember. (laughs) You remember, listeners? I remember. (laughs) All right. Are we done? We're done. Okay. Uh, Good job, everybody. And next week we are off. We've got our Concord Oktoberfest. So come on out to that. You can go to ConcordOktoberfest.com with a K, by the way. Oktoberfest. German. Um, And you can buy your tickets there or just get them on site. It's two days. It's Friday the 12th and Saturday the 13th. We've got homebrew pouring on Saturday as well. 
German orchestra. It's going to be a great time. Um, so come out and do that. Uh, today's show was underwritten by the city of Concord. Uh, they can, it's the perfect place to start or expand your craft beer business. Concord is centrally located in the Bay Area. It boasts strong craft beer loving demographics. The city's historic downtown is experiencing a boom with new businesses opening and new apartment developments in the pipeline. I can attest to all this. It's, it's all true. true. I see it. Uh, Concord's business and industrial parks are centrally located off major freeways and are perfect for large scale brewery operations. So if you're looking to open a brewery, the city's economic development team is ready to help you find a successful location to meet your business needs and help you through the permitting process. Give Brian Nunnally a call at 925-671-3018, and he'll be ready to help you. That's 925-671-3018, 925-671-3018. Come open a brewery in Concord. Do it for me, for God's sake. <laughs> we need more here. All right. I think that's it for me. Uh, we will see you in two weeks' time. I will be back, um, and hopefully we'll see you at Oktoberfest, too. Are you ready to take us out, JP? Yes, please. I'm so glad. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you to our sh- sponsor, More Beer. You can get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home by going to morebeer.com. Mark Osborne from Android Theory Brewing sent us four beers, and only one was an IPA. Check them out and their crazy beers over at android-theory.com. Join JP, Beverly, Terrence, and Terrence for Ears Up Podcast over at earsuppodcast.com. If you like Disneyland and whatever. Uh, Get on Twitter for some good beer inside at Homebrew Info. Follow Nate Smith and Nathan Homebrew. Mike McDola, Tasty McD. Warren is stuck over at Another Beardy. JP knows Twitter is dead, so he's on Instagram at Major Jip because the Russians aren't on Instagram, you guys. And you can find Bevo there as well at Beverly Moore. Be sure to find the Brewery Network on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Sky and winning the race, JP does great as his cherry.